The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host or guest and should not be interpreted as statement of fact. Independent fact-checking and corrections are encouraged. Can we get a cup of coffee in here, please? Jeez, there's a lot of buttons to push now. Damn good coffee and hot. Wake up, America. You've got a dog that needs walking. That's right, sunshine. Just put on a big pot of strong coffee. And get ready to type your little hate mail with your opinions about Kumbaya and Flat Earth Insanity. Stand-up comedy? You want stand-up comedy? Well, we got, well, we've got sit-down comedy. It's time for Coffee with the Dog. You make me laugh. Yeah. I'll tell you what, there was a lot of laughing going on yesterday, wasn't there? Laugh and I say, we are live on Instagram, by the way, and I don't know where it goes. I don't know where it goes. Where does it go? Um, no, a little more popular. Ah, very good. Very good, Mind Dog Coffee. Uh, which uh, we're still in business, by the way. Get your coffee in time for next Christmas if you order today, and not the one Christmas coming up in a week or so. Um, I don't know. Am I even? Can you even see me over there on Instagram? I don't know. Or do we even fit in the? Uh, oh, we do, kind of. Yeah, they they put you right in the middle of a of a. They put you right in the middle of a. Anyway, it's uh, good morning. It is uh, Tuesday, the worst day of the week. Uh, Mr. Pessimist here, uh, who, you know, terrible things just keep happening to me because of my attitude. Uh, it's Tuesday morning, um, December 19th, 2023. Hope you're having a wonderful day, uh, despite my pessimism and uh, bringing you just awful things just through my attitude and, and everything. Anyway, yesterday was quite an interesting day, don't you think? Uh, if you weren't here yesterday, uh, let me let me backtrack, uh, back you up here. Now, there was some uh, talk. I got to be careful here about talking about what, what we talked about because I don't want to get untalked off about and pulled down. <laughs> uh, there was some talk about making money on Facebook and a uh, letter that... A lot of people go around, and it's supposed to be an exclusive thing. Facebook sends around this letter joining, asking you or inviting you to join their uh, little challenge promotional uh, nonsense. And what the goal of that is, is to get you to post constantly and live on Facebook, set up a creator account, uh, link your bank account to that so that you can get paid for posting. And they tell you what kind of post they want to increase engagement and all that kind of stuff. and most people who do that, 
if you follow along with with any of the stuff and you have a meta business suite, you know that I'm one of those people who is constantly posting stuff, not necessarily personally. AI does a lot of it for me. A lot of it is automated. A lot of it is pre-scheduled and all that kind of stuff. But uh, releasing content quite uh, often, I have over 300 pages on Facebook. I'm uh, constantly, constantly trying to manage and keep up with uh, the algorithm. And I'm not doing it for money. But there is, I am a one of these content creators who get paid for um, posting content. Now, I will tell you, uh, 14.7 million views over the last six months on Facebook on all 300 pages combined. I have made $2.37. Now, you get paid more for engagement and comments like that uh, and stuff like that, but... Uh, 14.7 million complete views. And then a view is anytime it shows up in a feed. I get that. Uh, it's not a lot of engagement. You could just scroll past it, and that counts as a view. 14.7 million views, $2.37. And results may vary. You may get $2.38. But the amount of people who are making tens of thousands of dollars in a month you can count on my dick. Short guy, in other words. Uh, so, <laughs> um, we, so that was the discussion yesterday. Uh, Willie uh, is under the impression that uh, he's got money in the bank coming to him from Facebook at the end of, and I hope he does. I really, honestly, just because I say be careful about these things. And uh, not to spend the money before you actually have the money doesn't mean I don't want him to have the money. I would love, listen, I, he, he could have bought his own uh, podcast studio and I wouldn't have to buy it for him. I definitely want him to have the money. Uh, but uh, it got a little contentious with me saying, you know, don't count your chickens. I said, don't be, well, you weren't a chicken farmer in GD chimed in with yeah you shouldn't count your chickens before they hatch and then went down that road and then uh willie uh really tried to kind of you know when you want the law of attraction to be true it's really hard to deal with people like me who say you're not seeing the full picture here and the law of attraction uh it's fine, and this is where it falls apart for people. It's fine when, as long as you think about, if you think about positive things, man, good things will come your way. And the, the kumbaya of that, uh, if it's a positive thing and it works for you, go with it. But here's where it falls apart is when anytime somebody gives you pushback about it and you start to get a little agitated, all of a sudden, you're not responsible for things that come your way. In other words, if, and this is a, a conversation I had with the guy I had to ban yesterday because he's not, not welcome here. If I make you angry by suggesting uh, your law of attraction stuff is not uh, all it's cracked up to be, and, and that hurts you, and I'm starting to say hurtful things at you, that's my fault, according to your 
you don't bear any responsibility to that. Didn't your negative thoughts and actions produce my result? Or better yet, didn't the direct cause and effect of that produce that result? In other words, you were bringing something to me that I don't agree with, and I pointed out why I don't agree with it. Now it's hurting you. Hurting you that I'm not uh, on board with with your magical belief system. But that's all my, on me. Let me further elaborate. Yesterday, somebody I know, who is one of uh, two people, actually a couple, most positive young people you will ever want to meet. They're not like me. They're not pessimists. They're not naysayers. They don't really, you know, engage in talk about things like the law of attraction, but they are extremely positive people. They had one of the worst tragedies a couple could ever have. That's all I'm going to say about it. I don't want to describe it. But if in order to subscribe to the law of attraction, you have to think, you have to believe that they brought that tragedy upon themselves. This is a tragedy. These are young people in their 30s, early 30s. And this is something that's going to scar them for life. The worst tragedy a young couple could possibly have. And you have to believe, if you believe in the law of attraction, you have to believe that they deserved it. They brought it upon themselves through their negative thoughts and actions. And again, they have known that these are the most positive young people. I've known the guy since he was 16. Very positive person. I've never seen anybody so full of joy and life and optimism. So if you believe that he brought, he deserved it because he brought this upon himself, that is what the core of the law of attraction is. Now, a lot of people, because uh, I asked on Facebook that people to believe in uh, law of attraction, three or four people said yes. Um. But then the follow-up is, do you believe that uh, every tragedy is, is brought on by your own negative thoughts? And Kelly was the only one who responded to that. And she said, no. She believes in the law of attraction. She believes in believing in positive things will lead to a positive result. But not so much on board with the flip side of it and the flip you can't ignore the flip side the flip side is there it's part of the equation it's part of the law of attraction so either you do or you don't and Willie Willie addressed that to me well did you ever stop to consider for a moment that all, all the terrible things that keep happening to you are a result of your attitude well again if you can define what the terrible things that are happening to me are, we can have this discussion. But because the terrible things aren't happening to me, I have nothing to prove. I've done my work for my life. I'm retired, really, and having fun doing what I do. Even though I am a pessimist for humanity, I have no goals for myself. I mean, again, I express this every day. I could die tomorrow and feel like my life has been a very full life. I don't want to die. I don't want to feel death. I don't. Uh, I don't want to feel the act of dying. But like, if I were dead, I wouldn't miss much. <laughs> I mean, I've lived my life, 
So uh, there really are no terrible things. But that that idea, the terrible things that happen to you are your own responsibility. That is the core of the law of attraction. Okay. So either you believe, either, either you believe that these young people deserve that tragedy for because of their attitude, and you didn't without even knowing their attitude. But I told you. They are the most uplifting and positive people I've ever met. Uh, kind of falls apart. So that's, uh, you know, that's my my belief on the law of attraction. You are free to disagree with me all you want. And if it works for you, fine. Just remember, though, the negative side of that is always there. And you can't escape and you can't just cherry pick. Oh, well, I believe in this religion because it is a religion. I believe in this religion, only the parts that feel good. Only the parts I want to believe in, not the the other side of it. You can't have it both ways. Well, you can. I mean, there's, but you, you're fooling yourself if you if you think that it only works one way. There is only, there isn't a one-way street in, in the belief system there. It's a two-way street. So we had that discussion. And a half hour afterwards, I uh, got a notice from YouTube that they had pulled down the content because it was promoting a scam. <sighs> because the dollar amount was stated because the time limit, the 30 days in the middle of January where the money was coming in, uh, YouTube's algorithm just picked up on all this language and said they're promoting the scam. Now, I did the best I could to push back on that without just saying, don't do this. But I did say, be careful about this. Don't count your chickens before you. Don't go into debt because that was part of the plan. Going, borrowing $10,000 against uh, something that hadn't materialized yet and saying it was imaginary money and all that. Because it is. It's, it is. Until you can hold it in your hands, it's potential, it's imaginary but it doesn't exist. So to take a loan out against it in advance, now who's going to be crazy enough to, to just go to their accountant and say, hey, can I have 10 grand to give this guy? He's, he's going to get it back. He's going to make a big landfall. Now, the best way to make money fast is to get a real job. That's the best way to get make real money fast. Uh, get a a real job, and I'm I'm not talking about a burger flipping job. Go go get a job that really adds value to uh, people uh, or companies that pays well. That's the fastest way. Now, if you feel unqualified by that uh, uh, to to get that kind of uh, a job that pays, you know, I don't know too many jobs that pay the kind of money we were talking about yesterday that you can just go in and get but listen if, if the law of attraction works and you can just believe in yourself and have positive thoughts why can't you get that job because the facebook scam and it is a scam requires you to work more hours than that job will and at the end of the 30 days you're going to find out that the check promised is nowhere near the expectations. So I did all I could to push back on that. 
uh, YouTube uh, took the, the content down. I wrote an appeal, a lengthy appeal, stating just what I just said, that I pushed back as hard as I could. I can't control what other people are going to say, but I can offer pushback and put the message out there that people should be careful about this. It sounds scammy to me. I think I said that several times in the program. YouTube came back to me. Uh, we're, we're investigating this further. Uh, and then finally they said uh, just about 20 minutes ago, half hour ago. Well, I've been talking for 20 minutes, uh, probably about uh, 40 minutes ago now, um, that they reviewed the case and they uh, agreed with me that I did enough pushback and they're putting the, the content back up. To make it right, we're putting the content back up. Yeah, but but we're missing a little something here. At the time they took it down, the thing was getting uh, 200 views per hour. When they put it back up today, it's getting two views per hour. Uh, that makes a big difference to somebody uh, who, you know, so we, uh, now the guests, the scheduled guests, I found on Podmatch, uh, which is a service that puts podcasters together with guests. Or he found me, and he wrote me a letter originally, and this is how it got started, that this is what he wanted to present. I read through his stuff. We booked him, sent him his confirmation email, sent him his links to join the show, and he ignored them and went to Podmatch and was sitting on Podmatch yesterday waiting for a stream to magically appear on Podmatch and wondering where I was. This is a guy who wants to change America in a uh, very fundamental way. And he's sitting on a website waiting for magic to happen, waiting for me to magically appear to just kind of pull him off of that website and into our show. And so he, he was there for three hours yesterday waiting for that magic to happen. Of course it never happened. Read your email. I hate to, you know. So I basically told him that, you know, you got to check your email. The confirmation came through the email. Uh, the links come through email. The pod match is just for making the initial contact. But after that, it's a direct connection between you and I. And I send you an email link and you, you join that way. But if you want to reschedule, I said, here's the thing. I said that this was the worst idea that I had ever heard. But I did not want my audience to necessarily agree with me. I wanted to present. I wanted to give you the opportunity to present the material and let them say if I'm crazy or not, because I don't think, I don't see any value in the idea that you're proposing. Uh, so anyway, so, Oh, good morning, Jesse. Jesse Lewis, by the way, will be with us in the next hour. He is a comedy hypnotist out of uh, Canada. And we look very, uh, look forward to that very much, having him on and having some laughs and changing the subject a little bit. And, oh, by the way, Willie won't be here till the second hour either. He's running late. He had a, a comedy show last night. and uh, I don't know what happened, but he's going to be here in the second hour. He's not here yet. Anyway, where was I? So b bottom line is I told this guy he could reschedule, but uh, he, he said it's okay with me 
oh, it's okay with him if I push back really hard. He goes, but if you want to be a shock jock and just like, uh, you know, just rip me a new one, at least give me advance notice on that. So I got to write back to him. And I'm not sure whether I'm really going to even have him on the program again because we went over the content. I don't think, I'm not sure he's going to be able to present it in any way better than I presented it for him yesterday. I read basically his his proposal. Uh, So you know what it is if you were on the show and you know basically it's a state's rights proposal that really has nothing about state's rights. It has more about presidents visiting states and uh, Congress, uh, restructuring Congress and the Senate, uh, reducing payroll as if that's going to affect the debt. But I didn't see anything in there on how that affects states' rights, which I'm not really a big proponent of states' rights, considering what we've seen uh, in some of the states since the Roe v. Wade decision came down to the Supreme Court last year, and the fact that we already fought a civil war over states' rights, because there are, I promise you, and I'm not being hyperbolic here, there are states that would love to go back to instituting slavery. That was what the Civil War was fought over. States' right, the state's right to be a slave state. And if you think Mississippi doesn't want to go back there, you're not paying attention. You're not. Now, could they? I mean, how are you, how are you going to round up all the black folks and make them work on a farm again? Uh, I don't know how what the plan is, but they would de- desire to do that. So I'm not a big fan of states' rights, and that's just my position. So anyways, uh, I'll bring GD in here now, and we'll talk about some of this stuff. <laughs> yeah, go from slavery to bringing in GD, <laughs> the black black guy who's working for free. Who's working for nothing, brother. <laughs> Uh, but uh, I have to say, you are slacking on the cotton production, brother. Where, That's because you have a rayon farm. What, this is actually, oh, yeah. This is cotton get, shirt, I think. Can't get cotton from a rayon farm. Yeah, that's true. Uh, uh, well, I, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Mind dog coffee. No matter what it is, who commenced it, I'm against it. Oh, coffee. oh, stealing a little from Groucho there. Well, that's a borrowing, I guess. Borrowing, right? Borrowing from from Groucho a little bit there. That's a, that's appropriate, I guess, because I am uh, very grouchy. I guess I'm uh, my I have a really piss poor attitude. Listen, I I know I'm a pessimist for humanity, but personally, I'm not really a pessimist. Like, there's nothing that can really what can what what can, what do I got to lose? <laughs> yes. I have nothing to be pessimistic about. Anyway, um, yes, yeah, so- I, 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 I could be wrong. I think I think Willie wanted me to come up with like 366 of these things so that he could have a we could have a mind dog coffee calendar, and that so each cool. day would have like a difference. But that's not ridiculous. That's more time than I actually am willing to contribute to anything. <laughs> well, uh, we could have AI spit that out in a fucking. A minute, probably. Just make a, a, you know, just feed in, give us a bunch of variables on Mind Dog Coffee, why you should drink it, and make it rude, crude, and ugly. 
And <laughs> is that what you think I do? That's a shame. <laughs> no, no I, I'm not saying what the Colin stuff was rude and crude and ugly, but other than I that, that was no. poetic. Oh my gosh. Look, the visual that goes along with uh, an empty or what a clean colon or whatever it is. Yes, that's beautiful. Have you ever seen? Because I've seen some nasty colons on on video, and uh, well, I, see I have colon. seen them up front. I have. I'm the guy who videotaped them. Oh, that's right. That's right. So you know what I'm talking about. You can. So you've seen a clean colon. That's the thing of beauty compared to the the alternatives as far as colons go. Yeah. Uh, now states rights. Uh, we went over that yesterday. Do you think I? Do you think it's worth it to have this guy come on and present the ideas? Um, and do you think? Because he wants to know: Am I going to be polite about it, or, or if I'm going? No, I think I'd be polite about it and let him let him state the, the the stuff. I don't know that he could do it any better than I did. Yes, I just yeah, read. What his... does he mean by polite? Does he mean polite like you're not going to challenge it, or polite as in polite like I'm not going to yell at him and not going to end up talking over him or or talking down to him and calling him stupid? Okay, whatever. you can be polite then, because I'm not sure I can. <laughs> no, I, you know what? I think he, somebody did. Somebody said fucking because I said it was the worst idea. I said and somebody stupid. said fucking stupid idea. Yeah. Well, yeah. I didn't. Say, I don't think I said fucking stupid. I think it was just stupid. Yeah. Um, do you really, because, you know, I could see the reason, listen, states' rights just doesn't appeal to me at all, but the idea itself as expressed in that document that he sent, none of it was really about states or improving, or, you know, giving states' no. rights back. It and was anyone about- who, anyone who doesn't, people need to read the actual secession papers to understand what the states' rights fight was about. And if they haven't read the secession papers, but they're spouting states' rights, they're idiots. Right. Because they, right. they don't, they're just spouting a, a talking point and they don't understand what was meant by that. Uh in the South, they wanted slaves, but if somebody made it to the north where there wasn't where they were free, and I'm referring to black people, because if the whites made it to the north, they were already free. <laughs> but if black people made it to the north, let's say to New Hampshire where there was not slavery. Mississippi wanted the right to go into New Hampshire to go back to say you are no longer free. That is not states rights because in the state of New Hampshire, he's free. That's not states rights. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not sure. Like I brought up Mississippi because I do think if given the chance, they would try to reinstate slavery. If if they could listen, I don't think there's a, there's too many road scholars in Mississippi to figure out a way to even do it. Uh, but if they given the chance, they would. But I think in most of the states' rights talk is not about slavery. It's about like abortion. It's about having the right for states to make their own laws. But again, as I brought up yesterday, it doesn't come with any responsibility, extra responsibility for the states. Like, you know, who, who's going to pay for your highways? Every time there's a national disaster, are you going to come want to clutter a, a federal disaster area and get money from the feds? Because if you're, you know, if you're giving all the power back to the states, we got to reverse all that stuff. I don't, I'm in New York. I'm not paying for fucking every fucking hurricane that hits Florida now, you know? Yeah. And another thing that people have may not realize that once they're abolished, when slavery was abolished, that was federal. A lot of states kept slavery on their books. So right. if for some strange reason, let's say a technicality, Clarence Thomas votes to abolish 
the abolishment of slavery to reverse that decision or something that says, wait a second, that was not right. Uh, uh, slavery can still be a thing. There are states that have it on their books. Now, right. one, they can't go around rounding up black people. Um, it just won't happen. Maybe they get some uh, fresh new ones, though. But I was just saying, but, <laughs> no, but there isn't, what's to say that there isn't like some kind of way that they will go, okay, well, maybe we can make children slaves, you know? cheap labor because it's not about it's about power control and cheap labor so they don't care where the labor comes from if it's monkeys or people that they call monkeys they don't care as long as they can get their cheap labor yeah and also you know now there's all these kind of things about voting rights that are uh different states and the guy who was speaking at uh tpac yesterday wanted to take the rights uh, to vote away from women. Now that, they keep up supporting these things that are going to lose elections. I mean, uh, people hear these things and they got got to be thinking, well, I can't vote for that. You got you would think anyway. But we'll so, not, we know that's not the case. Yeah. <laughs> so the bottom line is I'm, I'm perplexed on whether I should even let this guy have his say. People will bore the fuck out of people. They've already heard it. People probably already made up their minds, and I have made up my mind, and I made it clear to him that I've made up my mind that I don't like the idea that he's proposing, but I do feel like I, I kind of owe him uh, the right to stay at it on his on his own and just back out and let him say it and and let people draw their own conclusions because I, I really, you know, I'm an idiot. <laughs> and... Uh, so if anybody is just taking the discussion that you and I and Will had about it yesterday and thinking, well, they're right, uh, without hearing his side, I feel like I've done him a disservice. So I got to let... The only thing that he could, as far as I'm concerned, the one thing he could add, I guess, is to let, just tell us what we missed, because what it would fix, because I don't see any solutions to anything that he's proposed. I don't see, yeah. like, I don't... The if, document he, if he had everything he had, I don't see what it would fix. Yeah, the document didn't really express anything about states' rights. It expressed uh, how to limit the number of senators, how to increase the number of House of Representatives, how to take money away from from salaries for people, how, uh, taking the buildings back and making them museums or all that kind of stuff, having the president visit every state and territory in the, uh, that the United States owns, which means the president would have to go to Guam, you would have yeah. to go to Virgin Islands. I mean, every place that uh, Greenland, <laughs> wherever the fuck we are, <laughs> wherever we have a presence. Yeah. Uh, now, we- now, this, now, the funny thing is, he's got this thing where he says he has to visit for how long? Because there's only 52 weeks in a year. Right. We already I- have 50, 50 states and I don't know how many territories. So, right. does he have to visit each one for an hour? Yeah. Does a flyover in, count? In 1979 or 80. I drove from San Diego, California to uh, Lindenhurst, New York in 39 hours. Uh, but I saw I probably f- hit 15 states along the way. Does that count? <laughs> I mean, right. That's it. Because when, when I was 17, drove from Maryland to California, but we drove like this because <laughs> we went we went to like New York through Canada, down back down to Michigan, uh, to Texas. Uh, the four corners, uh, which does that count? You stand at the four right. corners. You say, give a speech at the four corners, and then you just hit four states. <laughs> yeah. Uh, go, and go to another spot, like in Maryland, 
And Maryland is this place where you can stand. You'll be in Maryland, West Virginia, and Virginia at one right. time. Right. Stand there, give a speech. Does that count? No. I don't know. Is giving a speech what it's about? And how the fuck does that help restore states' rights that the president would have just visit? So he shows up. It's, they're fucking yeah. talking anyway. If he were to, if he now, if he had said he wanted to abolish, let's say the um, what's that thing called? The electoral, electoral college. college. Yes, yeah. one about now that might encourage people to visit more states as opposed to visiting electoral votes. You know, because now you're trying to get a, an entire population right. on your side. That would do more to encourage than what he's proposing. Right. So uh, I feel like you know what it might be a short segment. Maybe I just have him on to explain exactly how this affects states' rights. I will. Uh, bite my tongue, let him say what he he already knows that personally even if even if he can explain it in a way that it does really restore rights to the states, I'm not for that idea. Right. It's crazy. And also at this rate um, well, at least in the case of Biden most presidents will visit disaster sites, disaster areas. And the way we're going I'm pretty sure each state will have a disaster a year. Yeah. Yeah. So he could he take that sentence right on out of there. Between natural disasters, mass shootings, and pandemics, you're going to go visit everything anyway. Maybe not for the right reason, but he'll visit. You know, that, that whole president have to visit every state, that would fix one problem. We'd we'll probably have to uh, vote for a younger president because there's no, <laughs> no way an 80-year-old is fucking getting around, just traveling like with that kind of schedule. Um, because if you look at touring musicians or touring comedians or whatever, uh, 50 oh, yeah. states in a year is a, a lot to visit anyway. And not just 50 states, but every territory as well. You're on the road all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> can't, it's a constant road visit. But at least uh, he has his own plane and his own copter. Right. And he could designate a copter from like any military base as Marine One. So. Right. Now, uh, let, let me segue to your, and if you don't want to uh, ruffle any feathers, that's fine, and don't want to comment on it. But this idea about the law of attraction going one, one way. If I believe in positive things and good things come my way, I believe in the uh, law of attraction. But if anything negative happens to me, somebody else's fault. It ain't my fault. I didn't, I didn't bring that upon myself. So even if I, you, you bring up the law of attraction with me and I'm against it and I give you a pushback and it ends up in a heated argument, it always comes back to when I'm talking to these people, what, why am I, you know, it's all my energy that is going back to them. Well, didn't you manifest this in me? Didn't you, the anger that you're seeing for me, didn't you manifest that? Because everything is a manifestation of our thoughts. Uh, our, our, the life we experience is a manifestation of our thoughts and, and, and all that kind of stuff. So what I'm giving you right now, you wanted that. You kind of created that, didn't you? What it, 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 it's so funny because it, it, when, I, when I was starting to be a minister, one of the principles that they talked about was the law of attraction. And that was like, they, they, that was like really being drilled and put out there. Like, you know, you get what you put out there. You know, it was like it was almost it was almost doctrine. And as I got uh, a little bit older, I don't think there is such thing as a law of attraction. I think it's a law of of preparedness and observation. OK, and that is 
if you're if you know I is there, okay there's no secret I want to be a comedian and, and I want to get booked for jobs but I don't want to work too too hard at it because I'm not I'm, I'm never going to have that result where it's going to be worth this you know being killing myself to be famous that's never going to happen but I enjoy doing it so I like to get booked I can sit around and not be prepared as a comedian and hope somebody books me and sit in my room and do nothing or I can be prepared with good material or material that I think is good and then keep my eyes open for opportunities, try to create opportunities. And when they come along, you know, notice it, be smart enough to notice it, brave enough to attempt it and and and, and tactful enough not to fuck it up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? But the other side of that is if you start to believe that everything is a manifestation of your thoughts, you get in a car accident, you can never be, it's never the other guy's fault. You can't go there and say, well, it's his fault. You, you you must have wanted that. You must have brought that upon yourself in some way with all your negative thoughts and attitudes. Everything that happens <laughs> is a result of your attitude and your, your thoughts and your belief systems. Well, then, you know, you, you fucking step in a puddle. Eh, you deserve that, man. That, that's what you brought upon yourself. You got to stop thinking like it's a very Tom Segura. <laughs> uh idea um ideology it basically uh you know everything that happens to you good and bad you deserve and you you should be happy to have it because you created that for yourself it's a it's really bizarre when I, was, when I was in high school uh we had a friend he was actually a media specialist he was actually i was a student in high school he he was the media specialist so he was an adult he was like a he was like a mentor to us and if someone in our little group would say, that's not right, that's not what's supposed to happen, he would immediately say, then what was supposed to happen? Because all of the events that took place led up to this moment where this was what is supposed to happen. Right. So what do you so what so what do you mean if that's not what's supposed to happen? You mean that's not what you want to happen. You know? Yeah. And he yeah. wouldn't let us say that as soon as that soon as, if any if he heard someone say it, we knew that like we knew that what was coming. Right. No. Um, yeah. So I, you know, I, I want to move on from that, but the idea that because uh, I won against YouTube, which is rare that you win against YouTube. It was quite a few times back and forth. You know, usually it's one and none. You basically we we reviewed your repeal and we're rejecting it and giving you a strike because you bothered to appeal. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yesterday it was an actual conversation, and I said, you know what? What could I do? What could I have done more than that? Would you like me just to like hit the cancel button and kick him out of the room and say you can't talk about this thing that you're doing? Uh, I mean, what what they want me to do? And they act the, at the end of it. This after further review, you're right. You did not violate uh, our our terms. So I was like, wow, that's something YouTube is getting better. Cause it, well, I, I used to get those things. I mean, I had been on probation so many times that I gave up. I, I gave up. I just stopped fighting. It's like, I, I just, I'm just going to do what I'm going to do because fuck it. I, I don't, I don't even know how many strikes I got now. I, if it, if it were a baseball game, I would have lost two games in a row just on strikeouts. Right. <laughs> and, um, basically what this validates for me is I had a negative attitude going into it. I was appealing, thinking that appeal was going to get shot down immediately. Yeah. That was my attitude going in. But I manifested the opposite with a negative attitude. So all that, 
it, it kind of goes out the window. And then uh, my wife came to me with news about our young friends who uh, had this tragedy. And I thought, well, well, how does that, how do people who believe in this uh, law of attraction stuff, how do you deal with that? Do you say, that, you know, that's tragedy that you had, you deserve that. You know, you brought that on yourself. Um, it's what my mother used to say, I, I, I mean, Okay, again, because of my theological background and philosophy, background in philosophy, and my mom also had a background in, um, uh, let's say, the supernatural, spiritual, spiritual stuff. So we would have these talks, especially if something happened and I was not exactly pleased with the results. And I'd say, Mom, you know, this is really stupid. And my mother would say, almost always, she started off with, baby. God never gives you more than you can handle. And I'd retort, then God doesn't know who I am <laughs> because I can't handle this shit. And she goes, she goes, you're still here? I said, I said, this is, I said, this is not me handling it because I came to you for advice. Right. <laughs> when I go to my mother for advice, I have broken down. <laughs> well, whatever it doesn't kill you makes you stronger, but it also makes you almost dead. It, it, yeah, yeah. It, you know, it may make you killed. Emotional. Yeah, you may be stronger. But at least your your left arm will be stronger because your has to pick up all the slack because you lost your right arm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's all that kind of you know basic uh, cliches and and stuff. Now, I if people if it serves people to believe that they are destined to win the lottery, um, I, who am I to say that that's they can't they shouldn't believe in that but the odds still remain the same that if you look at and all these coming back to the woolly thing with facebook yesterday all these things uh on whether if it's about making money online realize it's a full-time job so you might as well just get a full-time job (laughs) yeah with Uh, a pager right because that's i i was saying that to my wife i said my wife used to talk about how prolific I was at creating memes, you know, for Politipod and, and stuff. And she'd say, oh, my God, you're like writing like 10 jokes a day, you know. And and I would go like, yeah, but it's being seen by like eight people, you know, whatever. So, but I was doing that. And I, I just can't imagine trying to create the amount of content that Willie is referring to. I just, it's just. Not enough hours in a day. It's not not just that, but you also have to make sure that you're getting engagement on that content. Now they give you some guidelines and all that stuff, right? Uh, but I I gave you my number and listen, all the channels that I have on Facebook is ridiculous. I have food channels, I have dog dog and cat channels, I have uh, you know all sorts. I have diet dietary stuff. Um, all those were businesses that I was uh, associated with one time, but I have over 300 channels. Some of them I don't even pay attention to anymore. But again, with all the all the interaction combined on all of them, over six months, two dollars and thirty seven cents, uh, and that that's having a lot more followers than the average person who gets invited to these kind of things. Yeah. It's got, you have to really dedicate 24-7 to fucking churning out content. And what value are you really bringing to society, to any anybody 
other than Mark Zuckerberg by increasing that kind of engagement. All you're doing is getting people addicted to meaningless. And I'm saying this as a person who is totally guilty of this. I'm putting out reels that add no value to anybody's fucking life at all. But I know that uh, it's going to, or I hope, the hope is that it's going to put more eyes on what we do in the morning. That's all I'm doing it for. But it, it really, at the end of the day, what value does it add? None. The best way to make money is to add value to people's lives. <laughs> Give them a product or service they need or want, and and you'll make money. Um, so, all that kind of stuff. I, yeah, I don't. So, I believe most of that stuff is scammy. I can understand, like, but that overriding uh, position that everything is a scam would have led me to the same conclusion that John Lockin had about the blueprint for success with Barry Katz. Now, after I was open-minded enough to check out the Barry Katz stuff, there is a great deal of quality value content there that is absolutely free and no push to kind of upsell you on anything. So all I'm saying is that <laughs> you got to still be open-minded to at least listen to or be open-minded to listen to what it's really about before right. you make the decision that it's a scam. Right. The Facebook stuff, I think. Yeah. I mean, there's some things like my, like I I'm, I'm looking at the things that you're saying. Like I look at when I go to Vegas or when I go to any place to gamble, I only put out as much as I'm willing to lose. <laughs> That's yeah. it. If I can't afford to lose it, I'm not risking it. So if it's like the opportunity, if it's an opportunity to listen to something for free, if it's not stealing money, asking for money up front, it's free. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll, when I get this, if I have the opportunity, sure. Because there's also opportunity costs as well. Carl needs a pasty, pasty named after him. I don't know if pastry or pasty. Pasty I think named pasty. Have you seen his tits? I don't know anything about. <laughs> I don't know anything about pasties or pastries. To, uh, to be fair, uh, Carl needs a pasty named after him with a caramel spinach filling. I think it's got to be pastry, right? The pasties don't have fillings. Uh, or, Again, or, what clubs have you been to? <laughs> none. I don't. Uh, none. I only go where I'm playing. Uh, this, is, or, this is across the pond. They could have pasties that have like squirt stuff. You know, we don't know. Uh, like, Ian's not across the pond. Uh, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I was reading Carl. Ian, he's talking about Carl, but he's making this is Ian making the the comment here. Anyway, it's it's all confusing. I know it's all so confusing. Pasty, yeah. Okay. Uh, pasty is a British treat. Uh, one of Carl's faves. I did not know that. Well, there you go. You know more about Carl than I I ever did or ever will. Uh, probably. Anyway, uh, you know what? Let's play a really quick commercial while while I can, uh, and uh, because time is running out for Creative Live, you should uh, check out their seventy percent store wide sale right now. It's time to unleash your creative excellence. Dreams won't work if you don't. They never happen overnight, and they rarely follow a straight line. Excellence is a result of the hustle, consistently pushing to do better, and success looks different for everyone. CreativeLive.com charts paths and tailors content for students, but they also encourage independent thinking and exploration. Go outside of your comfort zone. Who knows? 
you might actually like it. Right now, you can get up to 70% off through this exclusive offer for Coffee with the Dog. CreativeLive.com has site-wide sale for Coffee with the Dog listeners. Save up to 70% off. Go to MindDogTV.com and click on the link on the homepage now. This blank screen is brought to you by Carl's Hotel Room. Carl's Hotel Room. Go in it. <laughs> do live streams without him realizing you're going to do a live stream from there. Like, Carl's Hotel Room. We leave the light off for you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Tom Bodette. We remember Tom Bodette. Yeah. We'll, we'll leave a light on for you. Um, yesterday in the comments, uh, Mike Shavola, and he, he wrote something that I'm not sure what it was referencing because we were all over the map yesterday and I was talking political stuff and I was talking about the uh, Republican desire for a theocracy. And I think that's what he was, he commented on. He said, I don't think, think it was so much about the religion. If they abuse oh, the he was talking, I knew it was, he was referring to that guy. Um, Mike Chivola. Well, oh, no, he was referring to the guy that who was like, uh, who visited Trump. He's like a, a white Oh, Nick Fuentes. Right. He was referring to him because he was talking about, wasn't he the one that was saying he wants to kill? He wants to kill. He wants to stop by killing the Jews on day one. Annihilate right. all and the he was saying that, Right. He was saying he doesn't think that's about religion. It's more about patriotism. <laughs> I think. That's my understanding. Well, I don't know. I wonder if he's here today to clarify. Uh, I don't see how you could read that as any other way than about the religion. But uh, that whole statement about patriotism, what does patriotism mean? Because the opposition is not just Democrats, even though there are lots of Democrats who I would call patriots. They're lifelong military people, people who have, or, or people who have given their life to service of the country. I would call them patriots, even patriots, even if you disagree with their politics. The idea of uh, of being uh, loyal to the country or serving the country, I, I don't know how you can question that. But to say that the Republican Party opposite uh, it thinks the opposition uh, is all unpatriotic and it's not about religion, you'd have to ignore the fact that. At least half of them uh, in Congress now, in the House of Representatives anyway, have called for a uh, biblical citizenship test. The Speaker of the House has said plain out that uh, he wants Christianity to be the religion uh, of the United States of America. And uh, so all, these, all their statements put together, uh, I don't think you can deny in any way, if you're, if you're really paying attention to what they're saying, that the goal is theocracy and it's Christian Christian nationalism, right? So, uh, but it's a, I, to say that they think the opposition to Trump, now not the opposition to the Republican Party. This is the opposition to Trump, is all unpatriotic. You're talking about Adam Kissinger, who was a Republican till they kicked him out because he was opposed to Trump, but he uh, he's uh, you know, he served in two. Uh, Two active uh, duty, uh, you know, deployments, and uh, I don't think you can qu question his patriotism. General Miley, who is uh, opposed to Trump, I if you're going to question his patriotism, uh, you got you got a lot to prove on your right. own side on that. 
And Lindsey Graham was a jack officer, a jack officer, a jack officer. Matt said, as long as you are Catholic, you could be part of the mission. I was simply saying, I don't know, it was about religion. I did not say that about the Catholic being part of it. No. Uh, first of all, Catholics and Christians, uh, that's not a whole the same breed. Yeah, it's not the same. Born-again Christians, uh, the people who want the biblical citizenship test are not Catholic at, at all. And they're and, not even adhering to the words of Jesus, the teachings of Jesus. Right. They're... And people like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Bobert and uh, Johnson and the people who are calling for the they are against the Catholic Church. They hate the Pope. And you can see why. The Pope is uh, pretty liberal. He just, he, he, you know, yeah. he, he, just allowed, he just said they, he just said that gay mar um, same sex marriage can, can be blessed. Yeah. Yeah. So there is no no connection in my mind between Catholicism and the militia. That That's just not a thing. Um, but I do think yeah, probably if you missed last week where I was talking about Rudy and the connection to the Catholic Church in Rockville Center and that church's head guy, Al Placa, connected to the Long Island serial killer. Uh, I think the Catholic Church has a whole lot of problems that don't involve necessarily uh, Trumpism, politics, any of that kind of stuff. It's more uh, priest fucking little boys playing hide the priest type of thing. Uh, their problem. So <laughs> that the projection of the pedophilia uh, part of it by the by the people who aligned with the Catholic Church is pretty fucking laughable. When you got 666 complaints against Rockville Center diocese and the one guy who's in charge of it, uh, playing hide hide the pervert priest, who also uh, happened to uh, be on who at the property where Karen Vedada's uh, skull washed up, Karen Vedada, one of the Long Island serial killer uh, victims, but also was a mentor to the Long Island serial killer in his youth when his father passed away and took the young man under his wing. And it's got, he's still connected to him through his work with Catholic charities. All that stuff is really, really fucking seedy. I have not done... Um, a longer piece on that because it's so convoluted it starts to sound start to sound like Alex Jones with the penis cans and the frogs you know frogs can change their sex and and they want to they want to make people be able to change their sex like so you put a liner in the in the Pepsi can and then uh, make your penis small like your daddy's your daddy's penis was 12 inches long your penis uh, your, your, your grandpa's penis was 12 inches long your daddy was six inches long your penis only gonna be six uh, an inch long because of Pepsi can um and I don't want to sound even though I just did sound like that. Yeah, because I think you meant five inches, right? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Why Pepsi? I mean, can't we have like CNC Cola or one of these generic brands being responsible for? Because Pepsi is a Japanese brand. That's why. Oh, because I know it's not RC. I can tell you for a fact it's not RC Cola that makes that shrinks because RC Cola is my brand. I like RC Cola. <laughs> if I were to drink, if I were to drink cola, because I'm diabetic, I can only listen. Do me a favor. Next time I start doing Alan jo Jones, just yell at me. Shut the fuck up. Uh, I, it's hard for me to tell Jim between your Alex Jones and some of the other person. The RFK. That's RFQ. Yeah, yeah, that's RFQ. Uh, but Alex Jones is this guy. Oh, oh it's the same up. voice without the finger. <laughs> Got it. It's close. It's close. <laughs> Let me see. 
Pepsi can, Pepsi can. No, no, it's not really. It's, it's you gotta, you're fingering yourself. It's RFQ. If you're not you gotta, fingering yourself, it's you got to get Alex a little Jones. more growl in there to be Alex Jones. Like, uh, and and uh, you know, it's all about Pepsi cans and penis size anyway with Alex. But RFQ, it's more about vaccines and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So you know, um, it, it's just and the other part uh, <laughs> of, of all that stuff is is basically. Uh, it is a conspiracy theory, but it it's a conspiracy theory that is not really a conspiracy about or, or posed as a conspiracy of a planned out conspiracy. It I don't know a conspiracy of convenience. It's not like uh, the Catholic Church and the pedophiles and the serial killers all got together and said, "Let's do this thing." Right. It's like. Oh, by the way, I fucked a guy. Uh, the priest is saying I fucked this little boy, and uh, now he's uh, he's becoming violent. I gotta co- I gotta help him cover up his his violence, or else he's gonna expose me. So it's kind of like it, it wasn't meant to be a conspiracy, and it, I don't want it to sound like I'm coming off like Alex Jones, where ah, they all planned this. The deep state got behind behind doors, and they all planned this. Okay, yeah, it's it's not like it's not like they planned it. It's more like they're trying to prevent being caught. It just happened, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. And it that happened, happened, and now they're just trying to keep, just trying to not get caught. And that's how organized crime, you know, because there's the whole thing about organized crime. It seemed really disorganized. It is really disorganized. It comes together not as a master plan, but oh, I heard so and so robbed the bank. See if we can get a piece of that. Oh, now we're in on it. Now you're dirty. Now you got to help cover it up. Yeah, um, some shit fell off a truck. <laughs> right. <laughs> let's yeah, let's get our cut. Yeah, a lot of falling off trucks happened in my neighborhood when I was growing up. Uh, and <laughs> there were times, uh, and you know, I could say this now, it's 50 years ago, tractor trailers would pull up at the house across the street full of goods that were, and they were selling them in the tractor trailer. They would park, and cops would drive down the block, see the tractor trailer there, just keep, you know, whatever they were paid off, I guess, but not pay any attention to it and buying washers, dry, dryers, um, anything, coats, uh, electronics, all that kind of stuff out of the back of a uh, semi that was just parked there until they emptied it out. And, you know, it was hijacked, but that, that happened all the time, and nobody made a, made a big deal of it. Um, so, yeah, uh, organized crime. And that that conspiracy people because rudy has been in the the news a lot lately with this 148 million dollar judgment against him and he still won't keep his fucking mouth shut right yeah yeah well but the the thing is nobody is talking about al placa this is a, a 60 year relationship rudy has had with this guy who is the biggest pedophile the planet is ever known, and I say that not knowing how many pa- pedophiles are really out there, but thirty-seven hundred fourteen. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, no, Okay, well, he's number one, <laughs> by the way. But uh, I'm six, sorry, that's in Dubai. That's just in Dubai. That's, he, <laughs> he was like the godfather of pedophile priests and wrote the manifesto for the Catholic Church to avoid getting punished over all these pedophiles. And then um, basically uh, he, he was the one moving the, the ones around. And then 
the kicker is when they got a judgment for whatever it was, $2 billion from all a class action judgment from all these kids who now young men who had been raped by Catholic priests, they declared bankruptcy and the courts bought that. It's like, wait a minute. This church is tied to the Vatican. They can never be bankrupt. They are the richest entity on the planet. How can well, maybe they be- it's like a franchise where the Vatican says, okay, we will take money from you, but we won't give money to you because it's like a franchise. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly what it's like. But uh, the Rockville Center Diocese, by the way, is like uh, probably the worst offender. I, I can't say I know this for a fact, but uh, you would think with 666 complaints uh, or actual lawsuits against them, uh, plaintiffs, and 16 priests who were, were convicted, uh, that's a lot for one parish. Now, this may, <laughs> you may not know this, but does that parish, has the number of parishioners gone up or you know gone down? Over, I guess it's gone down over the years because well, a lot of people left because of COVID never came back. So that's uh, not, I guess that's not a good example. Never mind, because we don't. It's a parish that is really. You talk about franchises. It's a parish that covers all of Long Island, so it's in one town in in Long Island that is near uh, the Brooklyn Queens border of Long Island. But it basically covers all every town on Long Island. So it's not like parishioners. Every uh, parish, and they're probably. I'm just going to take a a, a shot in the dark here. Uh, Ninety. 90 churches affiliated with in different communities that are all under this one parish. So to count the number of parishioners and all that kind of stuff, Catholic church probably has dropped off in participation a lot over the years because they're so fucking strict. But right. uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. COVID killed them at all. I don't, I don't think, I don't think so. Uh, it'd be interesting to know, but um, still altar boys getting raped. I'm sure of it. Still, altar boys getting raped uh, in Long Island parishes. The, the problem is, it, we tend to think of it as just uh, pedophile homosexual priests. These guys are pervs all the way down the line. The, the Karen Vidada, uh victim of the the Long Island uh, serial killer, who ha- she was at a swingers party. Last seen alive at a swingers party at Rex Yerman's house, uh, which priests and other people were having sex with, you know, it was all around free for all orgy. And his wife was involved in all. That's the one where I said we do know that she's involved in somehow because we have an eyewitness who put her uh, having graphic sex in graphic detail described in graphic detail the sex she was having across the board at this war now she tried to escape and there was a new york city cop who john ray has not identified yet a new york city cop who witnessed this girl desperately trying to get her. she ran outside naked saying they're going to kill me and all this kind of stuff and they just left her there and then uh, her legs washed up on fire on her skull washed up uh, her leg Is washed that cop up. washed up? <laughs> no, her, no, the cop was, was still working as far as John Ray was, and why he's reluctant to name the guy. But um, her legs washed up at Tobey Beach. Her skull washed up on Fire Island on Rudy's property, Rudy Giuliani's property, where Al Placa was staying. I mean... Is it just, like, lottery? Is it Are the chances of that just, like... 
like you know getting hit by an asteroid it's it's like be on a head you being the only person to get hit on the head with a single asteroid that's the kind of odds we're talking about here um Anyway, so, yeah, that was where I was going with the whole Catholic stuff. I wasn't about the uh, militia stuff. The militia stuff, they could be anybody. I don't think religion falls into their mindset. They are just pure, uh, we got to take America back by force, people. And they don't care who they shoot. They just... uh, In the beginning, they won't. But eventually, they'll weed out. They'll want more purists toward the end. Once they they win their... If they... Once they won their battle, they start... Would start weeding out, you know... Purity, using purity tests. Our guest has arrived, so I'm going to play a a commercial, and then we'll come back and meet him. He's actually uh, from our favorite country. You know, wherever our favorite country. Oh, absolutely, yes, Canada. Canada, Canada, yeah. Yeah. He's he's a Canadian uh, uh, hypnotist comedian. So uh, we'll meet him in just one second. With humble East Coast beginnings in 2015. Daily High Club is the premier destination for glass water pipes, vaporizers, and consumption accessories. If you're looking to elevate your smoking game to the next level, you're in the right place. With over 1 million top quality smoking products sold, and with a growing base of over 10,000 monthly subscribers worldwide, We deliver the ultimate smoking experience. But Daily High Club is not just another retailer. We're lovers of the smoking scene ourselves, working with giants like Tommy Chong, Snoop Dogg, Chanel West Coast, and more. Ready to join the Daily High Club? Let our experts curate your collection with our awesome El Primo monthly subscription box. Or grab one of our fun and unique pieces from our smoke shop. Get started today. Visit MindDogTV.com and click on the banner on the homepage. I believe today is the last day that you can get it in time for Christmas. Anyway, um, Jesse Lewis is Canadiadia's. Am I pronouncing that right? Canada. I, I, I think there's two C's. Uh, uh, Canada's premier comedy hypnotist, providing the finest in entertainment for corporate uh, associations, schools, service clubs, and other special events. I was really hoping uh, Will would be here. Good morning. Got to turn your radio off. Me? Yeah, that's good. There we go. Oh, are we still here, Narco? Yeah. Okay. StreamYard's weird, right? Yeah. Uh, good morning, and thank you for being here. Good morning, Matt. Uh, we're going to have a blast. I, I've been watching the show all morning, and we've got some topics to get into, let me tell you. Uh, that's good. All right. Well, I'm interested. Uh, let me see if I can kill this echo here. From, is there a, uh echo cancellation on this? I think there is. Uh, uh, bear with me one second, folks. Uh, echo cancellation is on. That's weird. Okay, um, we'll try to deal with it. What if we just use every other word? That way it won't bounce back, right? If we use every other word? Uh, Jesse, Jesse, any chance you can put on headphones? I 30 seconds. I'll be right back. Okay. We'll, 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 we'll hold down the fort until you get back. Yeah, um, that's what we do. We do fort holding. Fort holding. 
Yeah. Well, welcome to Fort Holding, folks. Now, uh, <laughs> it, it said that parish will perish. I think he meant perish, right? Right. Uh, I was hoping Willie would be here because I really wanted Jesse to make Willie cluck, cluck like a chicken. Um, comedy hypnotist. Now, he works clean, so it's not. Yeah. Uh, if I were, were doing that, I would not work clean. Yeah, he be. said 100% clean. I don't even know how you do that because, well, maybe Canada has a definition of clean, but in the U.S., we can't define clean. Oh, well, he's here. Oh. <laughs> and he's, it sounds like he's counting his eggs before they patch. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I wanted him to cluck like a chicken so we could get him into, uh, it looks like Jesse got some headphones going on. Hello, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you good. I'm sorry about that. I apologize. Oh, that's fine. Sometimes these things go weird. Stuff ha stuff happens. I would say it shit happens, but I know you like to work one hundred percent clean, so I'm not going to say shit happens. I'll say stuff happens. Anyway, what I say whatever you want. <laughs> there, there's actually a specific reason I work clean. I was listening to the whole thing while you while I was gone. The reason I work clean is because corporate shows pay about fifteen times as much as bar shows. I understand. So that, yeah. that's why I work clean. Totally yeah. get it. Yeah. Uh, so I, I yeah. totally get it, and I get uh, the benefits of corporate work and. <laughs> Anybody who uh, who doesn't cash in on that is probably leaving an awful lot of money on the table. So, uh, good. well, the way I figure, I can make ten grand in a night, or I can make a thousand bucks. Like, it's it's a no brainer for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Really. Uh, my my scale goes a, a little bit more drastic than that. It's like you can make seventy five to a hundred bucks a night, or you can make uh, like ten thousand a night. Uh, you know, I would always take because I'm I pretty good at math when it comes to this kind of stuff i would go for the bigger number that's it uh, it's, it's just safer yeah. right and it may not be quite as fun as making somebody give a sucker a blowjob or something on stage <laughs> but they do that they do that in vegas right uh but and corporate do that anyway you got to keep those corporations do that anyway that's called the ladder so, they don't need you. Well, they that's the corporate ladder. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly it that's exactly so it. what part of canada are you in <laughs> I'm in Saskatchewan, the almost the least populated part. We're the Wyoming of Canada. It's a middle of nowhere. Wow! So, so you got to travel pretty yeah. far for work, right? There's no, if there's not nothing in Saskatchewan. I I travel from Toronto to Vancouver, basically. So Americans generally, when I talk to them, don't know that much about Canada. So yeah, yeah, basically, Vancouver Michigan like, to, to California. Yeah, Vancouver is like yep. way over here. Yeah, that's a lot of space. Yeah, it's by Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, well, well you, you're absolutely right. Uh, Americans don't know anything about uh, Canada. I would say, and, you know, when we come to provinces, I could probably name two. <laughs> uh, one of which you just learned. Yeah. I was say he can, actually, he can name one city in one province, and that city is in that province. Right. <laughs> okay. Toronto's in Ottawa, right? <laughs> yeah, Ontario. 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 Ottawa's, Ottawa's, Ottawa's in, uh, <laughs> is Ottawa in, in Ontario as well? Am I wrong? It's in Ontario as well. That's our capital. <laughs> All right. Uh, see, yeah, so we had a comedian on Vinny Vanilli who uh, was going back and forth, and he's from Canada. And even okay. he was uh, doing people on the street interviews, and even people in Canada couldn't name how many provinces there were and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it, it's, it's just yeah. interesting. Canada is really overlooked. And Tom uh, Chong is from Vancouver. Right. Yep. Yes, he is. Uh, now, uh, Montreal is different you, you you mentioned uh toronto to vancouver uh montreal yep. is kind of french it's, it's it's more french than english right uh they are they they speak almost exclusively french yeah exclusively french 
and uh, all their signs are in French. So when I go there, I'm completely fucked. That's crazy. <laughs> I can't speak French at all. I can't imagine. Sorry for swearing. Yeah. If, if swearing okay? Okay. I've oh, been swear. I've been to Montreal for a weekend, and I've been to Toronto for a weekend, uh, but never left the hotels in, in Montreal, so I really don't know <laughs> much about the culture there. So so Montreal has the best strippers on earth. It really does. Um, wow. Sounds weird, but that, but uh, in Canada, we're allowed to do full nudity. So I know in the States, like, there's certain parts you have to have pasties on, you have to have, like, a bikini on, but they go everything. It and, all right. Wow. Uh, uh, yeah. All right. Let, let me uh, say, if I can, because I opened up talk, <laughs> yes. talking about uh, the, the law of attraction. Now, uh, hypnotism is kind of uh, associated with all, a lot of these self-help, new age type of philosophies. Um, the, is that how you got involved in hypnotism as a self-help, like self-help hypnosis uh, cessation? Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. Uh, when I first started, I was working a job where I was doing 400 hours a month. And uh, you can't sustain that. It's just impossible, right? So I learned hypnosis to de-stress. And from there, I read a book and went to a bar and booked a stage hypnosis show. Um, it really was that simple. People think it's some big mystical thing. It's really not. It's having the balls to go do it. And as far as the therapy side, it's we all know what we need. We just sometimes we need a kick in the ass to do it. Um, Sounds a little rough, but that's the truth. Yeah, no, I I, I don't yeah. disagree with that. Now, uh, this power of visual visualization stuff, and you manifest the, the life the the ex life you experience is manifested by your thoughts and beliefs. Do you do you subscribe to that? Sure, but there's always the missing part, which is actually doing the work. <laughs> but <laughs> but so you can. You, so if tragedy there, happens, this, is it your fault? If a, a tragedy happens to somebody, did they, they they deserve that because they their attitude and beliefs brought that into their life? Okay, so the answer is yes and no. If if tragedy is happening because you're too lazy to take action on the opportunities, like I apologize. What was the other gentleman's name? Uh, like 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 he was saying. Uh, Will. Yes, Will. Like Will was saying, if you're not going to take action on the opportunities that are presented to you, oh, he's to me. Then oh. I was talking about earlier. Yes. Oh, yes. that's GD. Yeah. yeah. He got, we okay. don't need his GD. name, do we? Okay. Which the guy. Well, I didn't want him. Yeah, no, I, I get okay. it. I, uh, but but if we don't take action on what we're the opportunities presented to us, of course we're going to fail. I I grew up on welfare. Like I should have been a statistic, and. I'm relatively successful at what I do. So I, by statistical analysis, I should have been a drug addict. I should have been a criminal. I should have did a lot of things. I'm none of those okay. things. I chose to take the opportunity. I, I chose to manifest and, and do things. I, I, I beg to differ with you on one point. I think you are criminal. I'm looking at that shirt. That's a crime. <laughs> no, I can't even really tell what that shirt is. is I know there's a uh, Santa Claus, Christmas trees, snowmen. Oh. Uh, candy kids. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm just listen, kidding. I, I, yeah, the shirt's you, not a crime. Okay. We are not the we are not Joan Rivers here of the fashion police in, in any way. What are you? Oh, what are you wearing? Um, <laughs> Who are you yeah, wearing? But Santa. so my my biggest problem with all this stuff is like, and when a tragedy happens, say uh, 
I'm trying to really avoid talking about something. But say somebody has a death in their family. Did, uh, okay. Do they deserve that? Did they bring that, like a sudden death, murder, let's say? And uh, Okay, murder. Yeah, and it happens, so, it happens to somebody you're very close to. Did, did you manifest that into your life? I don't believe so. I think there's things that we can control in our life, and I think there's things we can't control. Um, I'm going to equate this back to hypnosis. So one of the things that hypnosis works for is erectile dysfunction. Now, there's organic reptile dysfunction and there's inorganic erectile dysfunction, which means a psychological problem. So if I use that as a basis, I can't do anything about what nature is, but I can do stuff about what I actually have control over. Being murdered, you don't generally have control over, sure, where you live, blah, 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 that type of stuff. But you generally don't have control over other people's actual actions. You only have control over your own actions. And through those actions, you can theoretically manifest bigger and better things, theoretically. Right. Um, it, it's like a comedian. If you're always at the same dive bar all the time, you can't expect to get booked for big corporate gigs. Same is true for me. If I'm going to a bar and I'm doing a dirty show, that makes that completely takes me out of the corporate world. Fair enough. So yeah. I manifest, I manifest what where I can go, right? right. No, I, I get yeah. it. And that that I definitely believe that you can visualize visualize and and uh create a goal for yourself and that will help you move towards that goal in positive constructive ways so i believe in all that stuff it's just when it comes down to the magical thinking part of the law of attraction is where it really gets really rejectionable for me and and objectionable for me is that you know we go too far in what our minds can create and 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 believe that everything that happens to us is a manifestation of our thoughts and, and beliefs and that's not always the case there are de definitely exceptions as we just mentioned so thank you for that now coming to your comedy act in hypnosis when uh i, I was going to ask if, uh, if will was here today i was going to ask you to make him cluck like a chicken i'm I, that's got to be number one on on the <laughs> request list right the, the thing is, most hypnotists haven't done that since the 70s. It's crazy <laughs> how long that has persisted. And really, is it even that funny? No. <laughs> like, I, 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 I get, get it. But... Stop. Were chickens complaining about cultural appropriation? <laughs> I don't think so. The, the other one I get is, can you hypnotize my wife to do things in bed? And it's like, why would your wife want to do you in the first yeah. place? Talk about manifestation there. Forget about uh, in bed. Can can you hypnotize her to cook? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> get her to do anything. Uh, yeah. No. So I'm, I'm gonna get in trouble. So um, now, uh, I, I, if what what would be the number one? Like, do you get requests, or you just go out there and do a a, a prepared act? So I have. It's semi-prepared, right? So hypnosis, all it really is, is the hypnotist has the balls to go up there and do it. And the audience is basically improv actors. It, that's really all it is. Um, and they follow suggestions uh, on stage. Uh, there's a hypnosis part of it, getting people to actually go into the yes set. But the number one thing that I do, uh, there's a couple. And because of the age we live in, I actually can't do one anymore. And it, it's pregnant men. Um, I get a unicorn to explode in their imagination. It impregnates them through 
it's weird. Yeah, it's like a acid trip. But but they imagine they've been impregnated by a unicorn by it exploding and breathing the unicorn dust in, and then they have a unicorn baby. And because of the day we live in now, with with everything being so politically correct, I can't actually do that skit anymore because it specifically targets the men. Wow. And we live in a really weird world where that's not allowed anymore. But that was my favorite skit, right? What is more funny to a mother than watching her husband be forced to give birth to a 200-pound uh, unicorn, <laughs> right? And what's worse, <laughs> the world needs more unicorns. Where are we going to get them if the men don't have them? Well, that's the point of the whole show is they can't breed unless they explode and get men pregnant. So how else are they going to make babies? Wow. Canada is a terrible uh, yeah. place to and, live because we can still do that in the U.S. You need to come down here and impregnate some <laughs> men with unicorns. All right. I'm going to ask questions as a, as if I were a complete novice on this and, and don't understand uh, hypnosis. At all. It's okay. Now, because suggestibility varies between people uh and generally in hypnosis you want in uh you know in training it in hypnosis when you're getting started there are things you can do to promote that there are little things uh examples you can give along the way to to increase suggestibility or at least determine somebody's suggestibility how do you do that from stage from stage especially walking in cold do you because we've had a comedy hypnotist on before who said he he basically does his inductions are so fast he can take anybody out of the audience uh and just uh, have them under his spell uh in in a matter of seconds do you do any kind of pre-conditioning uh tests or any of that kind of stuff to start with so so the answer is yes, I do lots of things and I'm going to throw a plug in, go over to my TikTok, hypnotist Jesse Lewis, and there's a bunch of tests that you can do. There's the magnetic fingers, there's magnetic hands where your hands come together. And that's basically what you do. You go up and you do what's called a pre-test and that tells you who's suggestible or not. And those are the people you pick. I'm not the world's fastest hypnotist. I take about six minutes to put people into trance, into hypnosis because I think that's a theatrical part of the show. And that process has been there since, well, for a long, long time. It's like a warm-up comedy act. It's like a monologue, right? So you take that 10 minutes, you get them into hypnosis, you, they see the process of hypnosis, it's kind of a ritual. And then people expect people to do stupid things. Whereas the newer guys that are coming out with the new trainings where you drop them on the floor real quick, you basically grab their arm and yank and say sleep that doesn't show the process of what's actually happening it's still true it still works but it doesn't set up the shows that i want to do if that makes any sense yeah. um we can equate this to other things as well you were talking about the catholic church earlier and they are any church to be honest are masters of hypnosis the true definition of hypnosis at least for me is when anyone follows any suggestion so if you think about when your last time you were in church what do they have you doing? They have you sitting down quietly. They have you sitting, standing up quietly. They have you sitting down, standing up. You're following suggestions over and over and over again. And it's a bit controversial, but that's really what happens. And then I saw the Faith Healer video, by the way. I was on the website earlier. And if you look at how that works, so if you've been standing up, stand, sitting down, stand up, sing a song, now pray to this figure, God. Right. And this is any church. It's just not not just Christians. It's every single church. It is literally 
being conditioned to believe a certain thing, which is what hypnosis really is, you know, and then following Matt. suggestions. What was that? Hmm? Matt, you know, he says every single church. <laughs> oh <laughs> that, no that that church is 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 doing it too i mean uh, listen george collin uh richard pryor and robert williams uh they they have people uh chanting along and you get people chanting along and reciting along all of a sudden they are following your suggestion right yes which is the technical definition of hypnosis and then once that has happened, it is not hard to put an unbelievable suggestion that people normally wouldn't follow into somebody's head that they then do follow. Um, it, it's weird how it works, but the faith healers all work like this. Every single one of them, they literally hypnotize people, whether they believe they're doing it or not, whether they know they're doing it or not. And that's what happens. Right. So, yeah. it, it, Sorry if I didn't explain that very well, but... It really is how hypnosis works. There is a, a real um, tricky line between using uh, these kind of things for a positive thing and or a negative uh, influence on people. And sometimes I'm not sure of the practitioner is aware of their own intents in doing this stuff because yeah. it can be ego boosting it can be uh you know ego inflating whatever it is it can be like seductive to when you realize that people are following you that you have power over so i'm thinking of people like jim jones i don't necessarily think he started out as an evil bastard but the more <laughs> the more he was able to manipulate people the more seductive it became right or do you, do you, do you buy into that at all i do um if you look at any of the the televangelists, they start out with very grassroots. Most of them were very poor growing up. And they slowly build up this following based on what they've been taught. And they may not know what they're actually doing. But I want you to look at, you know, when they do the big faith healing, they slap them in the forehead and the whole crowd goes down. <laughs> you ever watch those yeah. videos? Now, what is what is the difference between that and me saying sleep now and my whole group of volunteers going right. up? There's no difference. It's it's semantics and it's the words we use. And that's, collection that's plate. Literally There's it. a collection plate involved also. Yeah. That, that, that's absolutely true. Um, another example of this, if you really want to get into it, is listen to how I'm going to bring politics into it, but it's on both sides. But the really evident one was Brock. When he was speaking, he would talk. Yes, we can. And then he do three more words, four more words. Uh, Clinton was really good at this. And it's talking in a very specific way that is very hypnotizing. It, it gets people to say, yes, 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 in their head. That's really what hypnosis is, getting into that yes set and following along. And then when an unbelievable thing comes or something that you wouldn't necessarily want specifically, you still say yes to it because you've been saying yes, yes, yes all along. Right. And you just don't disagree with it. So it's really weird how some of this yeah, works. Yeah. So part of the uh, mantra of people uh, talking about hypnosis is say uh, you can't you can't get people to do anything that is against their nature that they really don't want to do. And I think that is basic based on short term immediacy. But I think if you condition people for long enough. You can change what they are willing to do. I'm talking about like a Manchurian candidate thing, or kind of. Yes. You can get people to do things that would be really objectionable to them 
now, but uh, two years later, or, or after a, enough period of time of conditioning, you can affect those beliefs and what they're willing to do under hypnosis. Would you would you agree with that? Yes, absolutely. So, example of this: during the Korean War, uh, prisoners of war, they were taken and they were the the guards would say is there anything wrong with america and of course the soldier would say no there's nothing that i can say is wrong with america and then they would give them food and say is there anything wrong with america we can get you more of this if you tell us what's wrong with america and then the soldier he's starving to death right so he would say well maybe our political system in this way isn't necessarily right and the soldier would say well you know in korea we do this and it seems to work for us. And they would take that for years and years and years. And over the course of years, this person was slowly convinced through the suggestions of what's going on, slowly given more and more. They'd see the other prisoners, they were starving to death while he was getting food, while he was getting women brought to him. And the more he agreed, the more that he would get. So the guards were slowly turning that person into an anti-American person with all these beliefs. And then they let that prisoner of war go with, I don't know, some thoughts in their heads for a mission. Right. And whether they believe it or not, they're, they're sent home and all of a sudden they're not in a country they know anymore. They're not part of groups that they know anymore. Uh, they, he, they see things going wrong in their communities, things that, well, that's American. So, hey, I talked about that with the guard. So it's reinforcing those beliefs with, because, and it's not just Americans, it's every single country has stuff wrong with it. It doesn't matter who you are. Right. So you take that and you put that person who's been effectively hypnotized long-term back into the population by being a prisoner of war. And you basically have a, a secret agent that is there yeah. that you don't necessarily have specific control over, but they can then sow seeds within the community or commit acts of terrorism on their own. And if you do that with enough people, eventually you have a whole army. Right. And you chip away at, yeah. at the uh, foundational ideas, just one, a little chips at a time. Because uh, in any system, you could convince somebody to say, uh, well, our system is not perfect. Well, in what ways is it not perfect? And yeah. it, it could just start as something just really minor. But you build upon that, and eventually you can end up with a Manchurian candidate or something like that. Absolutely. Now, we, we talked about how seductive it, uh, it can be. How do you guard against that in yourself, uh, letting that, you know, letting your ego get involved in it? Because you see people, if you say sleep and a whole room goes to sleep, that's got to feel like, hey, uh, look at me. So, <laughs> so, so I'm going to be honest, the, the best drug in the world is getting on stage. I've tried many others and there is nothing that compares to getting on that stage and turning a crowd from this guy's a weirdo into holy shit that that's absolutely real and it's that power it really is and comedians feel the same thing magicians feel the same thing it really is that drug that feels better than almost anything else which is why so many people in showbiz go down the path of like crack and heroin and other stuff so when when you're feeling that it feels great but it's important as any good station just will know is that there is no real power unless you are able to give that up. Right. And 
the audience is only there for an hour or two hours. So you're you're like that for two hours. That's it. And you have to be able to separate yourself and go home and know that it'll happen again. And you don't necessarily want to have that power all the time. If if a person like me wanted to, we could start a cult. We, we really could. It wouldn't be that hard. People become hypno junkies. People, and that sounds bad, but they'll come to every single show that you do publicly. Yeah. Uh, and they'll want to get hypnotized every time. And you just have to, it's like any other fan base. You just have to separate it and say, hey, this can't happen anymore. And as a hypnotist, you have to be able to let it go. You just do. Interesting. Yeah, what about people who hypnotists that aren't ethical? I mean, it sounds to me like you have a sense of ethics, but not everyone is going to be that ethical. So in the past, there have been hypnotists that have tried um, to do stuff that was unethical, getting people naked, getting people to do certain things. There's never actually been a court case where anybody's actually charged because technically hypnosis is voluntary, technically. But I would argue that it isn't. You're never going to do anything against your moral code. The problem is most of us don't have a moral code. We really well, we don't. don't know what it is. So, <laughs> or we don't know what it is, right? In the right circumstance, both of you would kill somebody. In the right yeah. circumstance. Yeah. So, like, if somebody was hurting my kid and I had a gun, guess what? That son of a bitch is dead. Uh, so, if if we have moral codes that are flexible and we all do how do we then prevent a hypnotist from doing something bad simply put it's society's moral code that prevents it which is part of why i do clean shows i've got six kids and i never want them to see me doing something morally objectionable to what i expect them to be in the future that sounds weird but I really don't want them to be hurt by anything that I do. Wow. And that's how I'm guided. I don't know how other hypnotists are guided it at all. sounds so selfish. I'm just saying, <laughs> how dare you do something for your kids like that? What What do you get out of that? I'm just saying, no. <laughs> he's not teasing. He's not teasing. He, he, I, no. It's just a bad habit he's fallen in to tell people he's just teasing. He's really not teasing. He's not. He means every single word of it. Let me, let me ask you this, because now this is a silly question. But it it kind of rooted in uh, some seriousness. <laughs> if I'm a comedian, my goal is to just to have the room laughing. Uh, mm -hmm. As a hypnotist, couldn't you not just go up and get the whole room laughing and, and tell them to keep laughing for an hour while you go get your check and get the hell out? <laughs> so, so the answer is I could have approximately fifty percent of the audience laughing until. Until they realized what was going on. Um, the thing about hypnosis is it's it's very subjective, right? So if a person's not being fed a constant stream or within a specific time frame, they'll come out of it no matter what, right? It's it's not it's not something you can get stuck in. And to sustain for an hour of laughter without actual suggestions going in would be damn near impossible. If you had a speaker up there or something. It would probably continue if you had just a track playing. And, yeah, it would probably work. What about the uh, feedback cards? You can probably work some magic on that. Like, uh, make sure you always, everybody leaves you a five-star review on those feedback cards. And I, <laughs> I'm just, I am being manipulative you don't here, work. obviously. But, I mean. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, the thing, because I work corporate, I don't do feedback ah, cards. It's weird, yeah, right? Comedy club. Though. But, uh Com comedy clubs, absolutely. Um, 
the the thing about that is I do ask for testimonials and I'll have the camera set up at the back of the room. And almost every show, if I've got a group of 100 people, 30 people in the audience will go to the back and say, holy shit, that was great. So it's kind of nice to have the ability to do that, which 30%, I don't know if you know, but that's a pretty big percentage. Yeah, yeah. And to have it on video, video is pretty amazing. Um, so yeah, the feedback thing, absolutely. It's part of every show. And if if there's any comedians watching, make sure that you're getting feedback. If there's any hypnotists watching, make sure you're getting feedback. Otherwise, your show's probably shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> sounds really bad but that's the truth if you're not getting feedback your show's probably not that right good. um i'm gonna ask you to kind of uh give some critique of my definition of what hypnosis because i used to say that hypnosis was a magic trick without props there is no difference from me doing an invisible card uh uh, thing and with an invisible deck of cards you pick one and i name your card and get it right it's, it's a mind reading trick um, you know uh mentalism but it's a trick and it, sometimes i use props and sometimes i don't but that invisible card trick there is no prop there's an imaginary prop and they go along with it and they play and play along with it and it, it, it's so i always say that hypnosis is just like that it's just like a magic trick without prop uh, would you first of all give any credence to that description of it and if not how would you uh, improve upon that description i would i would almost agree um i would say that all hypnosis really is is a comedy improv show with volunteers from the audience that's what i would say it actually is wow because all you're doing is you're getting people to come up from the audience and do stupid stuff that's it right um sounds really simplified but yeah, it's a magic trick without props. It, re it really is. Um, I'm into the magic and mentalism world as well. So I can spot some specific differences. For instance, I'm not actually trying to trick anybody. Uh, sounds weird, but I'm not. It, it's The show is what it is. It's, it's people coming up on stage and doing the stupidest shit imaginable. And for me, it's all to a story. So I like to have a story as well, right? Like any good three-act play. It's the assumption that because they're at a hypnotist show and it's clearly on the marquee comedy hypnotist that there are going to be uh willing to play along in a, in a lot of ways so that they're already preconditioned to the, the i guess the question i would, wanted to really ask was uh ever, ever walk into a room where people are just reluctant to even volunteer or be nobody wants to come up on stage I've had one show since 2007 where I didn't get any volunteers to start and it was like pulling teeth. It was bad. Um, it was a corporate show for an oil company. I won't say who, but uh, it turned out it was for their head office and everybody in the head office was, well, they were doing each other. So nobody wanted to come up on stage and, and be fearful of uh, yeah. oh. <laughs> doing things. I finally... I finally did get uh, 15 people on stage and I kept six of them, but it was like pulling teeth. I had to actually redo the induction again and, and redo my pre-talk to get people up. It took almost a half hour to get people up on stage. That's the only time I've ever had to do that. Um, never had a failed show, never had no volunteers, and I've performed in a tiny little bar with only three people there, and I hypnotized the oldest cowboy to scream out, I love fairies, and it was fantastic. And, yeah, you, you just... I've never failed, but I got a wooden table, so I'm going to knock wood. Yeah. Uh, no, I get it. Because you never know. Yeah. You don't want to jinx yourself on that. But the, do you yeah, exactly this fear 
do you give any people like any kind of uh, warm up to to basically say, don't worry about a fear of exposing your deepest, darkest secrets. That can't happen because that is going to be the fear that people have of getting involved. And I don't want to tell uh, people that me and uh, GD are actually lovers. Uh, I don't want that yeah. to slip out while uh, I'm under trance or whatever. So, yeah, it all starts with the pre-talk at the beginning of the show. I basically go through, you're not going to do anything with your against your moral code. Uh, you're not going to say anything. You're not going to give me your debit card number or anything like that that you normally wouldn't give me. You're not going to go rob a bank. You're not going to get naked. And and the last thing I say, and it's a joke, of course, and it comes out like a joke, is that, and if you're sleeping with whoever's sitting beside you or maybe somebody who's not sitting beside you, you're not going to talk about that either. And it it alleviates the fears. That's the whole point because hypnosis has this bad rap, right? It goes back to the original movie that had hypnosis in it. It's Finn Gully where he hypnotized a girl and she went and she robbed a bank and she did a bunch of other shit. And people still have this weird misconception of what hypnosis is. The truth is you're not going to do anything against your morals unless it's a long-term thing. I, I could see me and GD standing up and saying, that's it, we're out of here. As soon as you said they're not going to expose their secrets about uh, sleeping with a chicken or whatever it is, uh, we'd be like, oh, that's what I came here for. I came here to see people humiliate themselves. I'm out of here. He's not going to make a fool out of anybody. I want people to be made a fool of <laughs> and exposed. Well, <laughs> the truth is, the truth is, most of us make more of a fool of ourselves yeah. in our daily lives than we would on stage, anyway. So that's what I have a show yeah. for. <laughs> uh, I had one of these for a while too, <laughs> and yeah, I did some stupid things. What so, about hecklers? I mean, uh, uh, a guy who says, "You know what? Comedy hypnotist is in town. I'm going to go mess with this guy. I'm going to go in there and be as reluctant as I can, just be a, a total asshole and throw a, 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 a wrench into his works. You ever get that? Actually, because of how I structure my pre-talk, which is the little bit before the hypnosis, I, I tell them literally, you cannot be hypnotized if you don't want to. It's impossible. And if you're that person who just wants to come up here and prove me wrong, you're absolutely right. Stay in your seat. I don't want you up here. Um, and I get a little bit mean with it. And I say, you do have to have an IQ over 40 anyway, so you're probably not hypnotizable if you think that way. And uh, it generally weeds out those people. Right, cool. Every once in a while, I will get somebody come up that that is just a complete asshole, for lack of a better word, and you just send them back out in the audience. Right. It really is that simple. Um, if you, I'm assuming you've been on stage before. <laughs> if you've performed comedy, then you know that if somebody's being a dick, you deal with it, period. Right. And the, I've only ever had one real heckler in the audience, and uh, he kept telling me, fuck you, you're a piece of shit. And I said, and he gave me the finger, and I said, sir, is that the finger you stick up your ass while you masturbate? And he just done. Uh, have you tried now, this? I'm just, that's not good for... Have you tried that's this? That's not good for corporate clients. I mean, have you tried this for dealing with assholes? You say, let me buy you a drink. And after the second drink, while he's a little, little, little loose, a little more receptive, you hypnotize him to pissing his pants. <laughs> just, uh, uh, no, just, it could be an option. It could be an option. Uh, one of my, one of my favorite comedians is a Canadian, uh, or was a Canadian, a Canadian, uh, Norm Macdonald, who he, oh. he took. A heckler, he, you know, he, the guy was heckling him, 
And he basically stopped the show to have a conversation with this guy and try to win the guy over. And they're taking him to dinner to have a conversation with him. That's the weirdest uh, uh, treatment of a heckler I've ever come across is this idea of uh, I'm going to not care about the rest of the people in the room right now. I'm going to win this guy over and I'm going to make a friend of this guy and then end up taking him to dinner at the end of the night. That's just a... I don't know if that ties into the hypnosis stuff at all, but it's definitely uh, part of the, you know, breaking down the walls part of it. Which That's is, more work yeah. than I want to do. <laughs> so <Yeah>. often <laughs> it happens at almost every show is I'll have people come up and say, Hey, I thought this was completely different because all they've seen is the media, right? A hypnosis show is not that common. And they'll come up and say, Hey, I thought this was going to be completely different. This isn't what I expected at all. If I had known it was like this, if I know it wasn't going to embarrass you or embarrass me, I would have come up. And I said, well, next time you know. And it happens more often than you would think that people actually, once they see it, they're, they want to be part of it. But before that, they've got all these superstitions. Oh, it's mind control. Oh, I'm going to sleep with somebody. Oh, I'm going to suck dick on stage or something. That doesn't happen. Well, how much money? If it did, it would be, a, well, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, 30 bucks anyway <laughs> canadian canadian oh so. damn okay forget it forget it <laughs> but but people are worried they're going to do stuff that is against their moral code and that's just not what happens if it was what happened hypnosis shows would not exist because there would be a huge outcry especially in today's day and age about oh he made me do that or he made me do this no that's not how it works it would be it would be not beneficial to what I do as a business to make people feel bad when they come up and volunteer. Absolutely. You, you want them to leave yeah. wanting more of it. You want them to come back and you want them yeah. to tell their friends good things about it. So there's all, all of that. Now you mentioned that um, it's, it's kind of rare to see a hypnosis show. This is, uh, uh, now it is, but I think it comes in cycles. Do you, is, is there, do you think there's a cyclical thing to this where it becomes more popular, becomes less popular? Because in the 80s, there was lots of it. There was, I, and I could uh, go down a list of guys who were working Vegas and all those kind of stuff who were stage hypnotists, and then it kind of dulled down. And then there was, in, in the mid-90s, there was a brief period where it started to become more popular again. Uh, it's not that common now, but I'm wondering if it's on an upswing. Is it cyclical? So... The answer is yes. Um, it's like magic, right? Magic pays the yeah. same now as it did in the 80s, right? So there was a huge influx in the 90s uh, from from guys like Justin Trans and Pat Collins was in Vegas and they were doing those shows that were really, really good. Ravine was down there and we had all these guys up in Canada. We had we had major hypnosis here. Uh, Ravine was was idolized across the country because he'd go to every small town with 300 people and he'd book the hall there and he'd do a hypnosis show. And it slowly petered down to the 90s and there was a big uptick in the 90s because people were into it. And then it died. And then again in 2005, 2008, it really had a big period then when I first got into it, thank goodness. And then it petered off for the last... Well, with when COVID hit, should have been the cycle again. Should have been it really getting popular. And now that COVID's done, live events everywhere have went right through the roof. So there are more bookings. The problem is just like comedy, the rates have stayed the same as they did from the 80s. Yeah. And 
they they have or they've went down. There used to be a time when when a comedian could get eight hundred bucks a night. There was a time when that happened if they were any good, and that was just starting out. If like a year in the business had a good half hour show, you could get eight hundred bucks. Nowadays, you either hyper systemize to a very very specific audience, or for lack of a better term, you're screwed. You you can't get into the business properly. Sorry for being so long winded. No, that's fine. Uh, that's good yes, answer. Yes, it runs in cycles. It runs in cycles. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now we have to say goodbye to Gov's Comedy Club right now. Uh, Gov's, uh, I don't even know who you got there this weekend, but uh, it's a good show. Just go. Just go to Governor's Comedy Club, one of the three here on Long Island. Bye, Gov's. We'll see you tomorrow. Um, now, uh, the, the state, well, first let me go, go here. Now, when you're doing corporate work, when I do corporate work, often, I'm asked to incorporate some of their keynote messaging into the show I'm doing. It feels like really a stretch for me. I have to work hard and think really hard about that. Do you, are you ever asked to do that? Like if you're, you're performing for a corporation, we want to make sure you touch on these kind of things or this is our objective. If you can weave that into the show, do you do that? Absolutely. Uh, can you increase our production by 12%? <laughs> yes, I can. Yes, I can. Uh, um, uh, the the so if if you take uh, give me a company that I would know any company and I'll tell you how to do this Pepsi Pepsi where they put the, the Pepsi they put the liner in the penis can uh, your penis liner in the can make your penis small <laughs> Pepsi Cola okay Pepsi so Cola Pep, Pep, Pepsi I don't know what their current marketing is now penis but can. I can incorporate penis cans okay <laughs> okay it'll it'll make your dick smaller <laughs> so. So we're, we're marketing specifically to, uh, I don't know who we're marketing to. But, <laughs> with all uh, big I, I gonna... If you got a really big dick and you want to make it smaller, you drink a Pepsi. <laughs> okay. So, so black folks, I guess. <laughs> Is that fair? Yeah. So that's it. <laughs> so, so in, in my show, I have a skit where they're drinking. There, there's an automatic, oh, insert the product placement. Oh, uh, oh, as far as getting dicks smaller, I would have a growing body, body part and a shrinking body part. Uh, and they'd imagine that their favorite body part, I wouldn't, I wouldn't actually name the body right. part, but some people inevitably would say their dicks or, or their boobs, right? So they'd imagine their body part is growing and it's getting so big that it almost wants to explode, but they'd take a drink of Pepsi and it starts to shrink. There you go. There's the messaging into the, the actual show. Uh, customizing for actual corporate messages, for instance, better teamwork, blah, blah, blah. You basically get them to do a team building skit on stage while in hypnosis that, that, uh, they they would build a sandcastle or something and they'd have a bully i'd come kick it over and they'd get angry at me and that would instill teamwork in them to build the sandcastle in a better way of course it's an imaginary sandcastle but it's still the reaction from the people that i'd want um good stuff so you're incorporating the message is just a i would have them make a puppy but you don't have enough legs but you have extra heads you know <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just. I mean, Jesus. Just, it's like we have. We only have one leg, and we have four heads. Build a puppy. You know. Wow, that's pretty cool. Jesus. We need a workshop around that. that. At your local library this weekend, we're gonna build a puppy. Yeah. You know, the build yeah. a bear type of thing. The only yeah. thing those are stuff. We're doing this with real flesh and flesh and dog. Yeah. Uh, another thing that I would do is let's say they have the theme of imagination. 
I get them to imagine fantasy creatures and then that creature comes to life and they take a ride on the fantasy creature as they're sitting there in their chair. <laughs> Just weird shit, right? It's like you say, um, like, imagine but, a moderate Republican. You're going to ride a moderate Republican. No, I'm just teasing. All right, let's uh, let's not go there. Are there moderate Republicans? Uh, <laughs> not, not... Aren't those libertarians? No, well, not anymore. We're not sure what libertarians are. And, and the thing is, I'm not sure they're sure what they are. So. Uh, I, I brought that up yesterday that people use that word without giving it any thought to really what it means but they want the smallest government possible uh, and what, where, what does that really mean? It means basically at the end of the day all disputes will be resolved by gunplay <laughs> or hypnosis yeah. <laughs> or hypnosis uh, now, yeah. can, wow. can, you, can you do like battling hypnosis? <laughs> Wow! You know, like in comedy, you can have in comedy you have roast, you have like battling, you know, yeah. you have like battling hypnosis. <laughs> what, what do you? Mean you're by, a chicken. No, like you're a, a chicken. Roast, like a roast battle. Yes. So yes, yes. So one of the skits I do is I get them to hate me, and they will roast me on stage for what I'm doing, and they'll they'll say whatever they want, provided they don't swear, and they'll tell me I'm a piece of crap, all that stuff. So. Kind of, they'll get into the whole shirt thing. Tell me, I wear an ugly shirt. All that you're bold, that that type of thing. Um, the next part of that is I get to them to imagine that my pants have no back, and then I bend over in front of them, and then they tell me I'm a tiny weenie too. So it works out good. Wow. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I don't do that at corporate shows. That is only for bars yeah, specifically. You. When um, yeah, now yeah. Toronto to Vancouver. Any desire to do work in the states, or is it just like not on your your uh, radar? Do you want so? In Canada, here's something that that comedians you need to know this. American comedians can come to Canada and they can work in Canada all they flipping want. NAFTA is a wonderful thing for Americans. Canadian entertainers are fucked over. It costs me $2,600 a year to go down to the States to work, wow. to get the visa. So that is why I do not work in the States unless I'm working on an honorarium that is paid in advance, which is the way that we can get around those that's kind of messed up so, yeah. totally messed up um, not for me i'm glad i don't have the competition thank you i feel better now yeah. why have you been have you worked in canada not yet it's on my bucket list it is on your bucket list yeah. um yeah uh, so yeah it, that's really weird i mean uh i'm surprised to hear because and may i'm just now dating myself but the band the band Bob Dylan in the band. They came up in an era where all Americans went to Montreal yep. to, to make it. I mean, that was a place where you could work steady seven nights a week, two shows on Sunday, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and they said, basically, one, you'd get the band in one room, Harry Belafonte in another, Liberace, <laughs> whatever. And, and basically, every, every uh, venue in Montreal had American entertainers there for, at one point. And so... Yep. As, you know, I guess that, you know, Americans can go up there to work. That's got to suck, though, if you're up there and you see a bunch of Americans coming up to take all your work away and you can't return the favor. Uh, I don't see it very often. And actually, because of who I am, I have worked with a lot of American hypnotists and I'll send gigs their way simply because the leads do come in. So you send a gig their way, you take 25% like an agent would, and and you don't have to do anything. That sounds horrible, but you don't. Um I also charge higher rates than like 85% of the hypnotists out there. So 
I'm not that worried about losing a gig. I, my goal isn't to be famous. My goal is to make money and to provide a living for myself. I don't care whether a million people know me or not. Right. Sounds weird as an entertainer, but no, I get it. I feel the same way. I don't, you know, I think fame is a, a really, really ugly thing. It, there's no real upside to it unless you're like trying to get a head on a, a line or dinner reservations or anything like that. You know, that's where those perks come in. But the downside of it is tremendous. Uh, and if I can take David Letterman as a uh, a example of having people come and live in your house and and think they they have the right to invade all your privacy and all your private life you lose your private life and so fame has no real clear upside for me other than if you're somebody who's really shallow and just wants to get to the head of the line or be treated as somebody special in in certain cases uh there's no upside for I, I i have to admit i like being recognized in when people recognize me as a comedian, as me, not as a different comedian. I can't stand it when they recognize me as the wrong comedian. That really pisses me off. I don't you're not, it pisses me wait, off. Wait, you're not Nipsey Russell? I thought we had Nipsey Russell on this program. Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was Chris Rock, for Christ's sake. Jesus. <laughs> and, uh, all, all my references are 100 years old. Um, so. uh, Nipsey Russell? Holy I know, shit. I know. <laughs> I'm gonna. Re- I'll be. I'll be waking up in the middle of the night tonight and say, "Nipsey Russell, what did I say that for?" Um, Even Nipsey Russell is surprised you mentioned him. <laughs> and he'll be, he'll be jumping out of the grave saying, "Nipsey Russell, what'd you bring me up for?" Uh, <laughs> Hypnotistjessielewis.com is where we're gonna send people. It, it, the link is in the description. Um, now, yep. uh, just like uh, to close here, because common comedians generally. The up ramp to a career in comedy is 20 years. I'm, I'm assuming that it's not the same for you. Like to get started, maybe a couple of years in training and, and, and really establishing the confidence because that's the most important part, of, most, most important tool you have is the ability to project that you know uh, confident persona on stage. But it's not as long, it's not a 20 year ramp up to, to get started. For you was it <laughs> two years two years two um years. um so my first show i was i was 22 years old and i read a book and then i went on stage and performed a show that's the kind of balls i had at the time uh it took me from there for about two years to really get confident in what i was doing and then it was just about learning the marketing learning about who i actually want to perform for who has the money to give me the lifestyle that I want. And don't get me wrong, I'm not rich by any means, but going out and performing 40 shows a year, that's all I want. Right. That's all I want in any you way. You got six kids um, that aren't starving. Yeah, yeah. I, I live in Canada too. There's a garden out back. We actually have space here. <laughs> we can actually do things versus living in the city. And what's your, but, what's your main crop, but, uh, snow? Actually, right now, in the middle of December, we have no snow on the ground. Wow. There's fucking green grass out there. Wow. And it's like, holy shit. Yeah. Um, so so global warming, this year is real. Uh, wow. Wow. <laughs> um, That's scary. But for this year, it, uh, every like 25 years, we'll get a brown Christmas where we get no snow where I'm at. But other years, it's like 40 below zero Celsius. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit, but... 
fucking uh, cold. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think. Sorry for swearing yeah, so much. It is, yeah, it is fucking cold. It, that's just a straight conversion. That, yeah. That's yeah. what the F is um, for in Fahrenheit. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah. Wow. Uh, also, can I do a plug as well? If people are looking for hypnotherapy, I do do that as well. Uh, SuperiorSuccessSecrets.com. The website that's flashing right now is my hypnosis show, but SuperiorSuccessSecrets.com. And if they want to talk to me about therapy for anything, let me know. I would like you to hypnotize GD to not uh, let people off the hook. Uh, he, he, when whenever he zings somebody, he feels the need to to soften it at the end to say, "I'm just kidding." I would like him to. I to, don't do that that often. I do, see you hear that much more often than I actually say it. I uh, will take a poll in the audience. How how, how I you the know poll can take the audience. I'm going to do a, a real of you two saying, "I'm just kidding." I'm just kidding. I'm, that is what you do with a poll. That's right. A poll. Just say it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we got to say goodbye to PBM. We got to just say goodbye to PBM TV. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, anyway, uh, we, no, really, we have to say goodbye. Get lost, PBM TV. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for being here. Uh, uh, no, e even once, I, I just want you to to zing people and keep them zung. Is zung I do that a zing? lot. The thing yes, is, you don't me. notice it. All right. You don't notice it as often. Oh, uh, no, even if you do it a lot, you don't. I want it. 100% of the time. I don't want you ever to let anybody off the hook. Always make That's them. not going to happen because occasionally I'm going to say something that I'm going to say to myself, what if my wife is listening? I better say I'm kidding. <laughs> Your wife's not listening. Believe me. She's, she's, you she's, heard, she's heard 30 seconds of the program. She never wants to come back, just like everybody else. <laughs> uh, uh, so if, if there's a chance my wife might hear me say something that I really don't want have to want to have to explain, I'll, I will say I'm kidding, and I don't care who the hell doesn't like that. Kelly says definitely need to uh, hypothesis. Will hypnotize uh, <laughs> hypothesis. You definitely need well, to. Well, <laughs> That's a show. Well, for some reason, Will is MIA. He was supposed to be here for the second hour. We were hoping to get him hypothesis into clucking like a chicken, uh, but that won't happen. And that would have been the first time in 30 years uh, Jesse has been asked to make somebody uh, cluck like a chicken. But I, I wanted to do something to Will, but he didn't show up. I don't know where he is. He's lost in he's MIA, as they say. He might be Maybe he got hypothesized. <laughs> in theory. In theory, it can happen. Now, does spell check change hypnotism to hypnotize yes. the hypothesis? That's, yep. a different, that's a different spell. So that's actually funny because I get, like, in the back end of my website, you can see what people have searched for. And it's ridiculous how bad people can spell. It, it's amazing what what people put in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So anyway, we we yeah. do appreciate you getting up and being part of the program. Uh, you know, it's been very informative to me and entertaining as well. And wish you the greatest success and uh, and hope we can uh, help promote you. And and thanks thanks for being here. And do come back sometime. I love, I love talking to you, man. Thank you so much. Anytime you want me to comment on anything, feel free to hit me up, even if it's a thirty second blurb. I'll be glad to do it. Excellent. Thank you very much. Uh, and and uh, if we ever get up to Canada, uh, GD and I will will be up there performing next week in uh, Toronto. I'm just kidding. Yeah, and the next but time we... you hit some, hypnotize them by let's just let them hypnotize them so that they think GD is funny. They'll think that I'm. Yeah, let yeah. people think I'm funny. Absolutely. As of right now, people don't think I know anything about comedy. 
Well, so. yeah, if we can work some magic there. Anyway, uh, thank you for being here and, and have a great day. Bye for now. Thank you so much. Bye. Jesse Lewis, folks. I, what do you think? I think that was really informative. I, I liked it. That was a pretty good segment as far as what. <laughs> I, and, I, I think he's. I think if Jesse Owens and Carl Lewis had a love child, that's who he'd be. That's a great name. I wanted to bring that up because uh, Jesse Lewis is like, it's it's kind of made for show business. It's a really really easy name to to market. I think. Um, yeah. Anyway, but you're right, Jesse. Just I. Whenever, every time I say Jesse, it's like what was the other guy? The uh, the guy who, Ethan, Ethan, and oh. I kept saying Ethan Hawke when I was talking. To, oh, you weren't here then, but uh, Dave Landau. I kept I was talking, trying to talk about Ethan Klein, and I kept saying Ethan. Ethan Hawke. Hawk. I remember. Well, yeah, because well, what it was, you were stuck on his daughter, I think, or at least what he was talking. That was the subject, I think. Right. I watched that movie, by the way. Oh, okay. Because uh, they filmed that movie here. It's number one on Netflix right now. It's called um, Leave the World Behind. Yeah, uh, my wife and I just watched it. Oh, uh, and before I give my review, may I hear your your take on it? I thought about you a lot. When, as soon as I found out they said it was in, take, took place in Long Island, I said, oh, okay. I wonder how much of this Matt knows. You know, like, <laughs> so I kept thinking, like, Oh, I wonder if Matt knows this neighborhood. They filmed it during the pandemic, and it's on my way to the dispenser was when I was using the dispensary in Riverhead, and so it got my it caused a traffic jam for me to go get my weed once a week. So I remembered it very well, <laughs> uh, and not fondly. Uh, but the movie, in all all in all, I thought I thought Julia Roberts was overacting in it, like. Uh, really weird, uh, and the overall take of the movie was just too dark for me. It's like you know what, um, I could see that scenario actually uh, possibly happening, but I don't really want to think about it. And the reason, if I if I'm gonna watch movies, it's gonna be an escape. It's not not something that's gonna leave me think at the end of the movie thinking, oh my god, I gotta build a fucking shelter up. <laughs> I, I, I did not I, enjoy the movie. I told my wife that I thought it was like it was like I thought it was well done, but I didn't think it was worth me taking two hours two hours out of my life to just set aside to watch it, which is what we did. We set aside time to watch it, yeah. as opposed to just happen to go like, oh, what's on TV? We literally, my wife and I said, well, let's make do this, let's do this, and then we'll go downstairs and watch the movie. You know. So- the one thing I and I, if you haven't watched it, I'm going to be a little bit of a spoiler here. So stick your fingers in your ear or, or in your ass or wherever you're going to stick your fingers. Um, Kevin Bacon's part. I think people don't realize how real that is. And and I'm yeah. again, being a little bit of a spoiler here, he's a prepper prepping for doomsday stuff. And when the end, when when the shit goes down and shit hits the fan, and his friend turned to him for help. He's like, we ain't friends anymore. We were friends before yeah. shit hit the fan. I think that's that's going to be a real scenario if the shit ever does hit the fan. People yeah. are going to be thinking, I know you're stocking up on shit, man. Can you help us out? Like, you should have stocked up on your own, man. So um, f- fortunately for me, I'm married to a prepper. <laughs> so she can't cut me off. But I think a lot of people are going to be in for a rude awakening to find out who you think your friends are now. 
if the shit hits the fan, they probably aren't going to be afraid. See now, and we are, we are preppies. We're not serious preppers. We're like we can make it like a week or two. Anything more than a, anything more than fifteen days, then like we're going to start eating the, the squirrels. <laughs> well, Andy would be happy to hear about that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I I hear you. I, I'm listen. My thing is. If th- if that happens, I don't want to be. I don't want to survive that. I mean, again, it comes down to me being afraid of the actual case of dying. Like, I don't want to be shot. I don't want to feel the pain of the moment of death. But if the future is living in a bunker, eating canned food, and being afraid to go outside and all that kind of stuff, I just as soon face that moment and just be dead and not have to deal with that kind of future i don't want that kind of future i don't want to be around for it i have a question for one of the people in the chat room who is it uh it's um well that's just it i don't know who it is becky? i don't know if it, i don't know it, if it's live or live is it's, it live it's, with it, you just call her becky just call her becky oh hello becky I, I just didn't know who becky was oh yeah uh becky is in south florida uh, and some she'd see her sometimes. She's not, she's been around before. Is it uh, live or live? Live with, live with meter and no measure. Um, yeah, she's uh, yeah, and no measure. Yeah, sounds like a musician. Okay, I think she is uh, kind of a musician. Uh, somewhere she's like you and Will in a lot of ways, halfway one foot in music, one foot in comedy, and the other foot, the third foot up my ass. The good foot, the bad back. Huh, I love myself. That's from Bill Cosby. Anyway, uh, that's I don't. I'm a little concerned about Will. I know he had a show last night. I hope uh, he, he wasn't too butt hurt by all my comments, and that's what's keeping him away. I, I hope that's not. I did have a phone call with him yesterday, so we need to talk before tomorrow's show uh, about the whole idea is, and what I wanted to express to him. And if he's listening, I'm going to say it again. Just because I am trying to put a more grounded perspective on hopes and dreams doesn't mean I want him to fail. I always want him to succeed. I always want I always want good things for him, not bad things for him. I don't want to see him not get thirty thousand dollars at the end of uh, or in the middle of January. I would love to see him get thirty thousand dollars. And you know what? If you want to pay me back for the laptop and podcast studio I just bought you when you get your money, I'll be happy, even happier to see you again. But it's not like I don't want to see him. I just I. I don't want him spending ten grand up front that he doesn't have, only to be disappointed at the end of the month when the Facebook check comes for that three dollars and seventy cents. I'm I'm with you. I want Will to do well. I I, I want him that whatever it is that he you know wishes for his success, I wish it for him too. I just wish it more for me. Yeah, I'm just, no, I'm just no, I just want to do you, better than Will. You're no, just, just gonna say I'm just kidding. I know I saw you, but you were hypnotized. You've been hypnotized. Hypno hypnotized. You've been hypnotized to not say. I was hypothesized. I was hypothesized. You were, you were hypothesized. I was hypothesis not to do it. Let the let the power of hypothesis compel you. You're, so if not getting sleepy, it's getting theoretical. You're getting theoretical. Huh? Well, hypothesis. Yeah, you're you're get getting it? yeah. You're getting theory of gravity. Theory yeah. of gravity. Oh, don't get me started on the gravity stuff, please. Uh, I, you know I, what? In Will's defense, I have to say, uh, 
the law of gravity is probably still being taught in schools today. The I, that phrase, the law of gravity, gravity is right. a force. Uh, I, uh, Newton came in eight. 1687 came up with a paper that talked about the force of gravity and they ever since then scientists started calling it a law but in 1905 and 1915 Albert Einstein blew that out of the water and then it all went back into the realm of theoretical physics and then since then people are shooting down Einstein's theory of quantum uh, gravity and how the math breaks down and all that stuff so it can't be a law if scientists are just arguing about what it is, is it even really a force? Uh, and how do you understand the uh, differences between gravity in the quantum world or in space time beyond in the macro world or in the physical realities at Newton? So uh, I, guess, I guess it's not too different from the, like, they should argue whether or not light traveled in waves or in particles. Right. Or, and I think they came to the conclusion at one point, I remember at one point they agreed that it was both particles, it behaved like particles and like waves. Right. Yeah. yeah so I, I understand. Yeah. That's why, that's why yeah. I, I don't, everything in my house is nailed down because I don't know how long gravity is going to hold up. But in, 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 in kind of re-arguing that because Will came out, gravity is a law, it almost sounded like I was trying to defend the flat earthers. And if anybody knows anything about me, there's nothing that drives me as insane as flat earthers and their fucking bullshit. But, uh, you know, gravity is one thing that they will shoot holes in because uh, the scientific world is always uh, debating what the true nature of gravity and how, uh, and our understanding of it is so, uh, so if you're going to base your entire anti-flat earth um argument on that stuff you're you're giving them the ball you're saying here yeah, scientists yeah, scientist, the whole place of science is to be able to debate and discuss but also prove you know right. you know saying goodbye to instagram right now and we're going to get off all line. this instagram thing is a little tricky uh and i don't know where it goes we've been this is our second day on streaming to instagram after it's live i think it just disappears it's there while it's live and I don't okay. think they archive it at all, so they, you can't refind it. Uh, but you can always find it on YouTube. Or, well, I should say for now, you can find it on YouTube, uh, Rumble, Twitch, Twitter. Oh, um, who wrote that? Anybody else seen? I'm just I'm seeing someone says Instagram has disconnected the stream. They have I just an did. issue. Yeah, oh, yeah. you did that. Okay. Yeah, we removed that crap. So you didn't dis. So you disconnected the stream, not. Instagram. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just buzzed us off of that. Like, I saw there were no no people left in the room, and we had like seven or eight people on Instagram today, which is uh, a start. A start. Uh, and the thing is, with yesterday, by the way, Govs also uh, we're on their YouTube channel, so their numbers are not reflected in our numbers. But when I got the notice from YouTube saying they the possible strike and they were taking down this content, my first instinct was I got to let Tony over at, uh, at Gov know because I don't want it to affect. Imagine them getting a strike. Governor's YouTube right. channel getting a strike because something Will said. And then and, uh, I would feel responsible for it. And like, uh, I don't know if I could pay him back if the channel got taken down because of something. So now I have to be really hyper vigilant on all that stuff. And say, uh, but you can't control what go guests are going to say. You can't control what anybody else is going to say. All you can do is try to 
try to kind of uh, give some balance to it. That's all you can really do. I just don't, I don't understand how quickly they are just, I don't understand their community standards still. No, I get it. But I think the algorithm just saw, uh, saw the wording about $30,000 uh, in, in 30 days or whatever it is that he, he did say, you know, that the algorithm just picked up that and that sounds scammy enough to the algorithm that, wait a minute, wait, let's, and they always side on. The, uh, the, they always it's take the side. Yeah, better better safe than sorry. If these guys are pushing a scam, let's just take it down. And if they're not, let them appeal it. And if if we don't like their appeal, we'll give them a strike for appealing it. That's the the YouTube model. Basically, they will give you a strike, and then if you appeal it, they will give you another strike for appealing it without without proper cause. So you get two strikes. So it scares you away from appealing it, but I was ready to roll the dice and say, yeah, I, I appeal. I appeal everything because they have to. Well, first of all, usually they don't tell me what it is I've done wrong. Yeah. And I, and I can't if it's something that's not intentional or you know, saying that I can't if it's something I want to correct, I can't correct it if I don't know what it is. Well, if they were very good this time in letting me know that they felt I was promoting a get rich quick scheme. Now, I knew exactly what they were referring to when they said that. So, yeah, uh, see, I don't even get that. I just get community. I know standards. most of the time, you know, you you just violate our community standards. Right. Here's a, here's the document that says what our community standards are. Go through them all and figure out which one that we think that you yeah are violating. I'm like, I yeah. don't have time for that. I'm just appealing because I don't. I had no idea what was going to talk. I didn't even know he was doing that stuff with Facebook. So I had no. And he just came on like uh, gangbusters with it, saying people are reacting to my Facebook posts. And uh, but here's the thing: I'm, I'm thrilled to announce I'm going to have thirty thousand dollars at the end of the, uh, in the middle of January. It's like what? Where, where are we going with this? Where are you getting that money from? Uh, I knew he, <laughs> he's planning on getting a thousand dollars. Uh, by winning a karaoke contest on the 29th of this month. And I, when he said that, I wow, this must be like the best karaoke thing in the world that we were talking about here. So when I asked him and then he said it was the Facebook thing, I said, wait a minute. Uh, then I said the thing about the farmers and the chickens and you know where I went from there. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, tomorrow. Do you do karaoke? Huh? Do you do karaoke? Never, I mean, never, play? never. I, I, I've never even been to karaoke. That this is honest truth. I've never been in a karaoke bar. I've never been in a karaoke setting. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I don't have like a big negative thing with karaoke. Uh, Mikey, who's a singer in the in the Rock and Forty Fives. He has won karaoke contest before he was in the band. That was his thing. He used to go to like a, a karaoke thing and basically got his singing chops together during that. So I guess there's something. It's like an open mic night, I guess, for some people. And some people had that chance to sing with backing tracks. I right. does nothing for me. I yeah, would. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I. I did karaoke. Oh my god! Like maybe forty years ago. And back then, I, I I can't remember. The girl I was dating wanted me to sing or something, so I did a, a police song. And I was I can't remember the the song, but the karaoke version was half a note. It was like a half a step lower, right, than what I was used to. And I was all I was really really fucked up. I was like I I said I'm like what the. 
and I couldn't, and and I had a back then. I had a pretty decent voice, and I could hit all those notes. But I was like, everything, nothing sounded right. So I sat down, and she goes, "You're okay." I said, "No, that's, that's all right." We wrong. can't, we can't say goodbye until you give us a little Roxanne. Come on. Oh hell, hell no, 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 no! I don't. I'm not wearing the right underwear. Wait, so, so I got, I got put on my red light. I put no, on my red. But for my encore, I decided to do bread. Um, uh, I'm gonna make it with you. No, no. There's another bread song. If if a picture paints a thousand words. Oh, if if yeah, I decided to do that for my encore. That's pretty high too. Yeah, but the pitch was right. The they had the music right. I went up to the guy and I said, "Okay, how do I know that the music is right on this?" And he and he showed me. He said, "No, this is the right pitch." I said, "Okay, I'll do if," and I did that, and I I fucking nailed it. And after that, I didn't feel like I needed to ever go back to karaoke again because I, there was no reason to. Did I you win? Did you win money? I won getting laid. I think that was more important that night. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, and some of them are really lame. They're like, oh, instead of a cash prize, we get a bottle or something really lame like that. Like, no, I was I was purely going for the pussy. I was not going for any other reason. Which then is why, get, yeah, you get to choose. The pussy, or they just they they just sell. Uh, he he won. He, you know, he a- my my choice was already my cho- I already had my choice set up before I got there. But if I had known I was going to sing as well as I did, I probably would have waited to see what options were were going to be available. Yeah, like I said, I'll fucking wet I wet some panties that night. It, it's it's like a carnival where you have different pussies on different shelves, and you just want to keep yeah. winning until you get the top shelf. Oh, well, I got some stories about that, but not here, not now. It ain't enough time. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm uh, listening to a Willie show. I got to go get on yesterday. I had to end suddenly because I got a phone, a business phone call I had to take, and I forgot to end the, the stream. So even though I got off, the stream was still running for an hour after, while I was on the phone. I so, thought that was just because I listened for like another half, not half an hour, like another five minutes or so. But that song goes on for a while. Yeah. Was it the nappy song? I don't know what it's a song. Is that like a real song? Is that someone someone did that for you? What, the radio song? Turn on yeah. the radio? Yeah. Uh, that's all me. Uh, oh, okay. So get nappy. That stuff. That's that's all. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I want to see the lyrics one day. Well, I'm gonna play. <laughs> I'm gonna play it now. Um, I'm gonna knock you out of the room. Get out of my room. And I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> all right. Tomorrow, Ace Williams will be here, who is a uh, uh, comedian, musician, uh, song parody guy, I think. Uh, so GD will have a lot in common with him. Anyway, uh, see you tomorrow. All right, it's time for me to say goodbye to go. Um, not a try seat now. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, so to say goodbye and don't forget to turn on your radio. So goodbye and don't forget to turn on your radio. Bye for now.
me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now.